Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode 86. I'm your host Fredo Esparza and this week we have a panel of guests to discuss the biggest event of 2017, Triple Mania 25. Joining me this week from Lucha Talk, Microman Fever. Micro, how are you doing? I'm doing all right here. You know, what's up everybody here? Where you have a a bunch of, we have a panel of experts here that are ready to talk over this event. You don't want me to remind you to, about Tornado Triple Mania at all ever again? I prefer not to, no. <laughs> also joining us this on this show from Lucha Talk and from Eastern Lariat with his co-host, the German rap sensation Striga, Dylan Harris. How are you doing, Dylan? Fredo, I thought this was a podcast about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. That's what I watched on Saturday. What is this about Triple Mania? You didn't tell me this. You know, we, we could do a Conor McGregor Mayweather uh, podcast, but you know we'd probably lose half our listeners to this. Actually, we might get even more listeners. <laughs> that is true. I, I will say the fight was not as exciting as this tremendous Triple Mania event. There's sometimes good reasons, sometimes bad reasons, but it was always interesting. I will say that. I, I didn't watch the fight, so what was on at the time that you were watching the McGregor-Mayweather fight? What what did you miss at that point? What was there? Um, probably most of the Pagano and Macias match uh, was okay. a big part of things I missed. Uh, and I watched it later because it was on Twitch the you know for the full day afterwards. So I caught up to that tremendous professional wrestling performance. Thankfully, the next day. So we can all talk about it. I can't wait to talk about this whole show, the whole shebang, Fredo. <laughs> uh, twice this week, also, by the way, for those listening. Um, joining me also from luchablog.com, the Cubs fan. And I'm sure he's really thrilled to be talking about this um, memorable Triple Mania 25. Aren't you, Cubs? Yeah, I can't wait to relive all seven hours or however long <laughs> it was. With the 40-minute dance break in between the openers and the actual matches. So it should be a good time. Well, we didn't tell you, Cubs, that this is actually scheduled for a seven-hour podcast. Because we're going to go match by match, moment by moment. I hope you're you're prepared for this. Yeah. I, I, I have all the supplies I need to last that long journey of the show. <laughs> and finally... I guess he's he's technically not from Lucha Blog because we finally figured out he is not the Cubs fan. He is longtime Lucha expert. Rob, you know him as Rob Viper. We know him as Robbie Hari. How you doing, Rob? 
I'm doing okay. I am ready for the trivia contest to name every single person in the Copa Triple Mania. <laughs> Rob, can you apologize for saying those things about Sonelli on this show while you're on here? I will not apologize, and when we go off air, I will say even meaner things about Zanelli. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so I guess I guess before we get to the actual um, show itself, I just wanted to know more or less what you guys thought of um, the the feed overall, because I, I think we all had a we all had a different way of watching this. I, I would assume. Uh, first of all, I guess uh, Cubs fan, you would probably know a little more about Twitch. What? Because I'd never heard of Twitch before. Um, what is Twitch? Prior to them airing Triple Mania, what was this? What's this um, website more about, more than anything else? Twitch um, is a video game sh- streaming website where people play video game, play PS4, play Xbox, play PC, play whatever, and then talk over their gameplay while other people watch live and and talk and talk to them in chat rooms and stuff. They've got that streaming down pretty well, and that's like. A intense video experience to have the the stream constantly. So the since they've got the the getting the streams up and keeping them working seems like the tough part for everyone. So since they've got the end video games, they're starting to expand to other stuff. Done a little bit with tape programming. They're doing some. They've done other other like talk shows or just like general broadcasts. And they've had a few wrestling shows try out their network over the last um, few months. So. The tri- Triple Mania got the big attention, but you know, Russell Circus has been doing it before, and I think a, a couple of our promotions may have been using Twitch already. Yeah, and uh, as we also heard, um, Conan mentioned that The Crash was trying to get on that as well about three months ago, but, you know, that being Conan, we never know what he's actually being uh, truthful about. Uh, I'm curious, because I, I was watching it on my desktop, and I had issues with it early on with ads, Um I know Microman noticed that I had mentioned that there was uh, I had ad issues. Uh, Microman, how did you end up watching um, the show itself? Were you watching it on a on a desktop, laptop? Yeah. What, were you, what was your way of watching? The show? I was using a desktop okay. PC, and I did the pop out player thing on the settings, and then uh, they they I think they control when the ads come out. Because uh, I'd get an ad like after or in between matches, mm-hmm. and I'd just have to refresh or reload the player, and that start all over again. And because uh, when it wouldn't go past the ad for me, it would yeah. play the ad and then play it again. So I'd have to keep reloading the player to get the feed working again. Yeah, I I, I noticed that there weren't as many ads later on on the show. Like I think by about the I would guess the women's match. I wasn't getting as many ads. Um, Dylan, how did you end up watching the show? Uh, you said you watched it um, part of it live, and then on VOD. Did the VOD work better for you or the live version? Both worked all right. The VOD was a little bit better, I would say. Nothing noticeably bad. I thought it was a pretty good stream overall. I actually watched it on my phone, which is mm-hmm. a mega, so it has a, a pretty big screen as well. I need a big phone. But, you know. <laughs> But, you know, when I watched the show, I thought the stream was pretty good, actually. Uh, the audio came in really well, uh, except for, you know, cutting some of the songs off <laughs> and the, uh, the VOD version. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was a pretty good experience watching it. And no problems for that. And I was very worried about it. I really hate, like, 
streams and that, of things of that nature when it comes to watching things. I've never really been a, been a fan because I've been burned so many times and seen people get burned. Not me necessarily personally, because I my experience is always I'm very cynical about things in general. So I always try to wait for the VOD most, most of the time. And it usually works out better that way because a lot of people have gotten burned for, from other shows before. But it works fine on my phone, and I was very happy about that. Yeah, I kind of thought it was at slightly similar level as on um, the CML Facebook page when they do the, well, not the CML page, but whatever that, Marco Claro, when they air on CML's Friday show, where you don't have a lot of issues with their feed. So I thought that was kind of like the good thing with Twitch. Because I have a slow internet, so I thought, man, this thing isn't going to work well for me, but it was all right. Rob, how did you end up watching this show? Did you watch it all live, all seven hours? Well, yeah, desktop uh, PC, and I didn't have any ads. I think it's because I've used Twitch before because WrestleCircus oh, okay. streams some shows on there, and I might have changed some settings when I was watching WrestleCircus that might mm-hmm. – I don't know if it works like that, but I didn't get any ads. Mine, my feed was perfect, which is a – sharp uh, contrast compared to past years with AAA. So maybe every year they're going to improve on one thing until finally, about 20 years from now, they'll finally perfect it. <laughs> well, you know, the, the bad thing now is that the promotion that's going to be using the old AAA iPay-Per-View is on, on CMLL. So we'll probably be getting that that new experience of uh, the old experience with a new promotion now on that thing. So. CMLL is, is working backwards, so I'm assuming that in a couple of years they'll be back on Ustream. Was that the first one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you guys? Um, what did you guys end up watching? Uh, I guess I'll start with Cubs because you. I I think you might have watched the entire thing in, with English commentary. What did you think of the English commentary for the show? I thought. I mean, on the upside, they did not make as many political references as Matt Schreiker did last year. But, and they they generally sound tried to sound professional. But then they also they complained that they were not given a format sheet or possibly any information from AAA, which made it worse for them, I'm sure. But they also clearly had not watched any AAA at all and did not know anyone they had not seen someplace else. They. They knew the GFW people, because obviously, I think Kevin Gill seems like he watches GFW all the time based on his reactions. And they knew the, um, they knew some of the people who have worked for Pro Wrestling Revolution, but you would have, you know, the the Gloria matches, they were going to be tough to call for anybody because they were all a bunch of new people. But once you even got into like the the opening match, they could not tell La Hedra from Mamba. Um, They, they, they could not identify most of the people in the Tornado Triple Mania. They couldn't identify most of the people until their name was announced. And this kind of went on that way the whole show. So if you were... The idea of having like an English language announcers this kind of show was to help the people unfamiliar with the product to get into it. And they did not help at all in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised just because Gabe Ramirez, as, as you mentioned, runs Pro Wrestling Revolution and I was kind of expecting him to even, like, I don't think he even knew, like, some of the guys, like, somebody mentioned he couldn't even name Averno in the show, which really surprises me, because, you know, Averno's been around for a long time, and has been a big name, and it just surprised me. How can you not tell uh, Yedro apart from Mamba? That's what I want to know. Rob, you could tell them <laughs> apart, right? Maybe oh you should send God. them, you should send them a message and let them, show them the difference between the both of them. Why don't you do that, Rob, right now? <laughs> I, I'd love to. I just... <laughs> I'm very, it's like, 
there there are only a few people, I realize that, who are hardcore AAA fans and know all this stuff, but you would think that even if they don't want these fans to be the commentators, they would have picked somebody to help the two guys out who actually do the commentary. It's it's kind of offensive. Don't you guys find it offensive that these guys don't even try to learn about their product? Yes. Yes. I, 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 it, it just amazes me. Um, Dylan, what were you going to say about this? I would say yes. I hate it. I, I hate that somebody's so lazy. Something that could be really... You know, this could be fixed through an hour or two spent on Wikipedia for the most part that, that you could do better on. And they couldn't even do that. And trust me, I know it's hard to watch AAA television. I would know better than many, many people, I, I would say. But I, I just think it was so sad to see some of the things I saw on Twitter because I was checked out right away from, from the English commentary. I don't like listening to the Spanish commentary either. There was some uh, some new guy too. I didn't even know who that was. That was, you know, I, I thought it was going to be like you know uh, Leo Riano and Rudo Rivera and all these guys. But there was some new guy out there that was not any good either. But I just I didn't even want to risk the English commentary because I knew it would be terrible. And what did I saw? What did I see on Twitter? But it completely sucked by most every review that I've seen online. And it's a shame. Next year I'm going to try to politic and get. Microman Fever to be the next uh, commentator <laughs> on the show uh, uh, because I, I don't want to do it, but I definitely want someone else. I would do it if it meant not listening to these two clowns do it pretty much because well, you know that's, Dylan, you would do, you would have to do it if they paid you. You know they you're not gonna do it for free. That's that's <laughs> tri- well. Uh, AAA's pay may, may not be <laughs> enough to convince me, uh, but I listen. I would do it if they if they comp my flight and comp my hotel. Maybe let maybe let me talk to like uh, Hiedra for a little while. Just give me an hour or two. That's all I. I, that's all I, I don't do. know if you. I don't know if you noticed, but I don't think the. I don't think the announcers were actually there. They were at. Um. They were somewhere else. I don't know if that was brought up. Cups. Did you know if they were? If they mentioned where those guys were located. At the press conference they had on Friday, they mentioned that they were going to be in California, and so that's their show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that 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 was a little bit. That because they sounded like they weren't actually there. They sounded like really too loud to be there. It, 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 I, I was just surprised about. Well, the, the Spanish announcing was really bad also because um, yeah, they couldn't name any of yeah they couldn't name any of the global force guys at at certain points. Uh, you had Rivera when when Zuniga would mess up stuff. Rivera would just blame Vampiro for everything, which <laughs> seems like seems like the right way to go with things. Uh, so we should that probably seems like our to, show, Fredo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody just. Well, you know, that was the opposite. Like on the English commentary, they constantly brought up how great Vampiro was and all this stuff about Vampiro, and like how he's friends with Kevin Gill and all this stuff. Uh, uh, Dylan, you being a basketball fan, do you think Kendall Gill would have done a better job than Kevin Gill as an announcer for this show? So much better of a job, and we saw that AAA <laughs> not that long ago. Remember, they had the Phoenix Suns on the on the AAA guy with the AAA guys. They yes. ran a video on. So they need to get some of those guys to be the commentators. Where's Eric Bledsoe at? Yeah, to be the commentator. <laughs> That's what I want to know. So, so we got like a pre-show for this show, and of course, I think it was like a. I have no idea what I was watching at one point. They were showing like this cage match from like 1997 or 98, and then. Uh, they finally started the show, and it was actually the first two matches were the La Llave and La Gloria matches. Um, Microman Fever says, you watched all of AAA. I think you have the consecutive streak of most TV, AAA TV shows watched amongst us. Um, what were your thoughts on the first two matches for La Llave, La, uh, as far as the La Llave and La Gloria um, matches? 
Yeah, you know, the first one, people are saying that it was bad, really bad, awful, but I didn't think it was a total disaster. I think this, if you if you watch the, the TVs week to week, I think this blows away half of the matches on, on that show this <laughs> year. And I really do think that nerves played a factor into Ashley's performance because she she started out kind of rough coming short up on a tope and there's a rough landing for her I think she kind of like panicked and overshot on a on another move the head scissors and that kind of started to make other people nervous around her and but you know she she got her redemption later on with a plancha shot to the floor and you know I, I i like the other guys in it too i like Pardux. i think he was doing a lot of fun stuff he didn't mess up one thing at all and you know but dragon solar he he got he, he got i think too excited for this arm drag and he overshot it and that was another thing wrong in the match and also uh hasha tarai the other woman in the match I thought she'd look good, man, better than Ashley, and so I don't know why they really uh, focused on her later on and gave her the big contract spotlight, Vampiro there, and yeah, there was some mistakes, but I don't think it was that total disaster some people made it out to be. Yeah, yeah, um, Rob, we we argued about Ashley on Twitter. Uh, what were your thoughts of this first match on the card? I'm mostly with uh, Micro and the fact that it was bad, but it wasn't terrible. It was they were nervous kids. What do you expect? And mm-hmm. I think it. I can't. I mean, they've never obviously worked in a building this big before. But also the fact that it was a very quiet crowd because most of the crowd hadn't even gone in the doors yet. And these people are used to working. Even if they work in small buildings, the fans are reacting to everything they're doing. So it must have thrown them off a bit to have nobody even reacting to anything they were doing because there was nobody there to react. Like a Dragon Solar even fell down during his intro. If you rewatch it, he falls off the turnbuckles. So he was definitely super nervous. And he tried the spot where he stands on his opponent's shoulders and then he kind of fell off. And it was all downhill from there. But it was, you know, rookies going through their stuff, trying to get all their shit in, so to speak. And they they were given less time than the next match coming up. So, yeah, Ashley was, she was very excited. I thought that she had presence, at least. You know, I, I mean, Hashitori had the nice dive later on, but otherwise, yeah. I just thought Ashley stood out with how she looked. And I think, actually, the the way this was put together, I think somebody definitely could tell that these people need to be in their own match, and we'll do a separate match for the people who are more advanced. They can actually do more. So in that sense, it worked out perfect, because I, I didn't want to see these guys mixed in with the other guys because it would have dragged the other guys in the next match down. Uh, now, of all the people in this match, Petiche was probably the one that we left. We probably let, knew less about. Um, did he do anything in this match that impressed you or was he just randomly in that? This one, there was just so many people doing stuff yeah. all the time that it was tough for anyone to stick out unless something had gone horribly wrong. So, like... I still I have the picture of Petiche, but I'm still not sure I could pass a quiz on him after this match. It was just too much stuff. And it felt like in this match and in all the matches, they were doing stuff where they were zooming in so far 
on a lot mm-hmm. of the close shots that was tough to follow exactly what's happening or see the complete spot or see who was involved. It was, it was kind of, I think the eight person match was hurt by being eight people because they had so many people who needed to get their stuff in and they had so little time that they were really hurrying to, to do it all. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing with like Ashley winning, advancing as being one of the finalists, three finalists, it kind of seemed a little bit, um, if you only based it on that one performance, you probably would be upset, but I think they based it more on what she did previously. And uh, Dylan, you've seen her before. You knew she was more or less a lot better than she showed in this match. What do you think of this match? Yeah, you know, Ashley definitely is better than she showed in this match, which was pretty bad. Yeah. But I was, you know, I wanted to see a little more from Chicano. I know me and you are probably two of the only living people that watch IWRG at any point. <laughs> so I wanted him to represent a little bit more. And of these guys, he wasn't the worst, but still. Uh, Bronco Gonzalez, he was actually on AAA TV at various points. I know me and uh, Microman have seen him before a couple of times. And I know we were all really impressed with Dragon Solar in his trial match that we saw. So it seemed like the ingredients were here for something that was at least passable. But I think Rob summed it up when he said it was bad. And all the yeah. other stuff did you know, you could just leave it at that and you'd be right still. But I actually do agree with both of, both of you, uh, Microman and Cubs fan. I definitely think the nerves played a big role in this. And they were leading off the show. I don't know if it would have made a difference pushing them back any, but I definitely think they're better than what they showed here. And as far as Ashley winning, I think you're on the money, Fredo. I think this was already well decided before this match. Heck, some of these participants were decided before the whole tournament started, probably. So why would they, yeah. you know, why would they follow logic now, you know, in the match? So I have no problem with that whatsoever. But yeah, it was a it was a pretty bad match. That is really bad way to start the show, actually. Yeah, and you know, they they did the second match. I don't know. Maybe they should have started with this match ahead of this the previous one. But second match was really great. Um, Angelico, hijo del Vikingo, Tiger. Uh, they beat Tiger Boy, Viano 3 Jr., and Angel Mortal Jr. This was a really good match. Uh, Rob, what did you think of this match? This match was awesome. This was the first match that I actually added from AAA this year to my match of the year contenders list. Obviously, wow. it's not Yeah, obviously it's not a high-end match contender, but this was easily the best AAA match I've seen this year. There's another show that happened – or sorry, there's another match that happened later on this show that could have beat this but didn't for reasons that we'll get into later. But this match was just, considering the experience level of these guys, I thought they absolutely just tore the house down. There was never a slow moment. I thought Vikingo was the absolute star, just killed it. I don't whatever, whoever found this guy from wherever they found him, they need to, they need to be given a reward because this guy could actually be something. They need to, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I don't like the gimmick. I think they need to slap a gimmick on him, a masked gimmick, most likely. And this guy, this guy needs to be your, like, you have to protect him. I do not want him to join the AAA roster and be stuck in matches with people who are going to ruin, like, he doesn't need to be against, like, the Clowns or Escoria and Cuervo. He needs to be against, like, Chessman, Averno, Superfly, people that can actually help him get better as a wrestler. You mean gonna, you mean they're going to do to him what they did to Dynastia? Basically, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he needs to they need to protect this guy at all costs because this guy has money written all over him and it's amazing that like 
no matter how the rest of these people in this tournament turn out, because as we'll reveal eventually, they all got contracts, so to speak, to come into AAA. Even if this guy's the only one who pans out, this tournament was worth it because he's really something special. And the moves that he did were incredible. The finish was perfect with all the technical sitting big moves. Uh, of course, everybody's going to be talking about the gifts of the spots that the technicals were doing, but let's give a little credit here. The Rudos were in the right positions, and they, they were perfect bases. They were there for all the catches. So just a complete success for my part, and I can't even imagine if if they were only picking three winners. It should have been out of these six guys. Nobody in the first match should have even be considered. Yeah. Um, Cubs fan, do you wanna do you wanna break the news to Rob when when you eventually get the lineups for future AAA shows when it's Hijo de Kingo teaming up with La Yedra versus Big Mommy and uh, Dinastia? You looking yeah. forward to that? It, it's kind of um, a bad sign that they were had lineups all the way. They have like two more TV lineups announced already, and they uh-huh. forgot to leave a spot for any of these people. <laughs> then the lineups don't matter anyways, so they'll yeah. just be sweets on there randomly. Um, I thought, yeah, I agree, with Rob. This was, this was especially this was, on a, in, this was in Rio San Juan instead of in Rio Ciudad in Mexico in front of about the same amount of people. Um, this would have been one of the, and this was in showed up on Vas Lucha. This would have been pro, one of the higher regard matches of the year. I think, um, Volano Three is a guy who I did not think much of in his first few appearances on indie matches, but this year I think he's really gotten better um, in both here and when I've seen him in an IWRG. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree. The Rudos are were as important to making this work as those technicals, and I think it's good that they're everyone's going to eventually get a shot. I don't know. I mean, we're hoping they're pick pick do something good with one or two people, and it's going to be tough to see how they're going to really handle fourteen people all that well. But at least they're getting a door opening, and at least they they can <clears throat> say they were on Triple Mania. Do you know more or less where they found Hijo del Vikingo Cup? He was wrestling in Pablo on small shows, so okay. I, I I assume that maybe someone knew him and he worked like a dark match at one of those ta- taping there or something. Yeah. So, so um, Dylan, what do you think of this match? Oh man, I'm totally in, in agreement with Cubs and Rob. These guys killed it. I definitely agree with you, Rob. Vikingo is the man, and it has star potential. I said it all the way back when he was on AAA TV and those appearances. I thought. Honestly, we were talking about first-half MVPs. I think he might be, like, the best AAA person. And people, and uh, you, you guys looked at me, like, like I said, just that that was your reaction. Like, it was kind of like you laugh about it. But in reality, he really is, to me, I think you can make the case he's already one of the two or three best people on this roster. Uh, I really, really enjoy watching him every time I see him. I think he's someone they need to earmark. He could be, like, their Soberano, I, I feel like, if you get if you get behind him in a good way. I don't know if they're going to do that. Like Rob said, I would love if he can face people that would actually, you know, help him like an Averno or someone like that. But, you know, I think everybody was really good. Cubs, you mentioned V3 Jr. And I think he, uh, like you said, I totally agree. He's very much, he's been a very much a positive this year. Every time you've seen him in IWRG or wherever you would see him, I think he's definitely improved a lot. You know, I, I I really love this match. I think all six of these guys definitely stood out. Hey, even the Tigger, I, I got to give it up to him uh, right away. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I really got to give it up to him. Uh, really, all the Technicos looked great, like you said. The Rudos didn't get as many GIF-worthy moments, but they were just as important to making this match good. I have no 
criticisms whatsoever of any of these six men. I wish they would have given them all the contracts, and I hope that they do find some place for these dudes on later shows. But being AAA, like you said, the lineups don't matter anyway, so hopefully they can filter in one or two of these guys at least going forward. I, I really hope they protect B. Kingo, though, because I, I'm a huge fan of this guy. He's just got it all, man. I, I, I think he's a star of the making. Can I jump in quickly with one yeah. disagreement? Sure. What? GIF, not JIF. <laughs> Somebody edit that out of the show. I, I know this isn't my show, but still edit it out, please. But no, okay, you're right. The GIF, the GIF were the moments for the Rudos, but we're they were still great. Those, we're keeping all those moments on this podcast because you know okay, I'm good. not saying all that out. Uh, Michael, man, what you think? What, what were your thoughts on this match? Did you did? Uh, what were your? Um, I know, I know, they talked about you as a king. What were your thoughts on like Angelical and some of the other guys in this match? Oh, first off, I, I thought the match was really good. I thought everyone did well, mm. and 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 the Helical, yeah, I really liked. I think he's a standout talent amongst all the Yara Alegoria people, and very impressive high flyer. He kind of follows the same uh, the same profile as other people that like their mini division that they seem to have um, moved up to the average size people like uh, Lancelot and uh, Cotita de Plata, you know, Mascara de Bronze, and I think these guys are gonna be the new minis because I see the I don't see them taken being taken as seriously because of their size, and that's uh, and the gimmick for Hijo de Vikingo. I, I like it. Like I think if he, if you were to re-gimmick him, it'd make him look like another one of the, the other guys, and he wouldn't stand out the way he stands out now. And I also really like Viano Becerra Jr. I I liked him before. I thought he was really good in IWRG this year, like Coach Fan was bringing up. And the Tiger, also, I think he's a—he's uh, actually a regional star of Nuevo Laredo. And he's the guy that that territory uses the head, main event, uh, headline their shows. And he's, he's the guy they put up against people they bring in from the Mexico City and other places to wrestle. And he's more of a, a traditional kind of style, more modern touch. Like I think the same with Viano Tercero Jr. And and they actually stayed together in the match against each other, and their stuff was good. Uh, I think um, I think like a good part of the match has good high ceiling and great potential, and really good match. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think at this point we got like the first national anthem playing with the national anthem on this show. Um, I'm curious because Garza Jr. was very uh, worked up about them playing the national anthem twice uh, because they they meant they played it afterwards again at, at the at the beginning before the the main event. Uh, uh, what were you guys? Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on that, um, Dylan? What you think well, of them? Wait, that? wait, Wilfredo. I want to ask you if you saw his whole video about him ripping on Triple Mania. I watched up to the point where he, um, I think he said something about it being the worst Triple Mania, yeah. and I totally disagreed on that. I was like, he's totally. not seen the other stuff. I mean, there have been this Triple Mania was a lot better than the 
the last two or three that I've seen. This was yeah. way better. And this was a six-hour triple mania, and I was okay with it. Yeah, he was, he was just nitpicking every little thing he like, could. I mean, the national, like him nitpicking the national anthem. And I understand, like, when he was saying, yeah, some people are drunk. They're not going to want to sit through this thing again. I go, yeah, but, I mean... <laughs> It's like five hours later, and I think that's like the least of anybody's concerns. The national, I would rather hear the national anthem played than have to hear like Vampiro talk again or like cut a promo. Or that, that song. Was, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, anything else. But, although I think I was disappointed they didn't bring out those um, the dancing fruit later in the show. I was very disappointed at that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess I'll ask you, Michael, were, were you upset with the playing of the national anthem twice? Not really, because they played it. For the mask match, and that that's a big event, and they they play it in uh, Dragon Gate too. They play the Japanese national anthem before a big title match, and I think it makes it seem like a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and they've also brought in Ida Cuevas, who's like a big name over there in Mexico. So, you know, it wasn't like they were bringing out the the military out again. Um, yeah, so the show starts. We get our the the usual the end the 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 big match. You know, Relevos de Locura match. Uh, we get Mini Psycho Clown, Hernandez working at uh, uh, the the first match of the, the the start of the show, teaming up with La Yedra and Mamba. They beat Masca de Bronce, Dinastia, Big Mommy, and Estrella Divina. And if I if you would have told me these people were all in this one match, I would have said it was a disaster. But it turned out to be a lot better than I expected. Uh, Rob, what were your thoughts on this match? Because I know you're. This is one of those matches that you're probably as 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 familiar to it as I am. What did you think of these eight people in this match? And did you think it was going to be a disaster, like I thought it was going to be? I did think it was going to be a disaster. Actually, I thought the show was starting with a Psycho Clown promo because the, the music hit, <laughs> and I thought, oh, they're sending Psycho. Did you yeah, think that yeah, too, Michael? Yeah. I, he came out there, and I'm like, oh, they're going to have him talk. They're, they're going to run this like one of their TV tapings where they just do run it like it's a TV show or something. But then it turned out all these people were doing their intros. I mean, the time that Cubs has listed here in the database is 6.42. I have a feeling the entrances went at least double that because everybody took yeah. a long time to get out there. Yes. Yeah, I think the intros, the intros went like 15 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was pretty long because I remember somebody messaged me on Twitter asking like, are all the entrances going to be this long? But it was a, it was actually, I think, a perfectly laid out match and a format that they should really copy when they do this match on TV, because there was the, the first move of the match, literally, was a springboard 360 by Mascara de Bronze, a head scissors, and then a big dive, and that's how you got to, you got to get these matches just going and going because the second these things usually slow down is when they fall apart, and this match never slowed down. It was just big move after big move. They had all the dives. In addition to the dive train, they had like Hernandez throwing uh, Masquerade de Bronze over the top rope with his like, uh, what does he call that move where he throws the guy? The border toss. The border toss. Yes, so thank you, everybody. The border toss <laughs> onto everybody. And then Hernandez did his big dive, and then it built to Big Mommy doing her splash. Then, unfortunately, we had the first mistake production mistake, very product, very noticeable production mistake of the night because Hernandez picked up Masquerade de Bronze on his shoulders and carried him up the ramp or up the aisle. And they just kept filming the match. But if you watch on the handheld, Hernandez actually takes him all the way to the top of the ramp and power bombs him and lays him out, which was supposed to set up an injury angle for later on. And everybody was supposed to be surprised when Bronze came back. But 
you would have never known that any of this happened because they just kept the camera on in the ring. And the match finished with Hiedra using a really weak chair shot to knock Mami off the ropes, I think. And then Mamba got the pin. And whoever goes next has to explain to me why Mamba, for some reason, had short blonde hair. Dylan? I guess, Dylan, I guess that's your, your, your cue. <laughs> I don't know. Mamba looked like a man. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Uh, there, but you know, it, I don't know what that was all about. A lot of people were messaging me too about the uh, Hernandez carrying Mascara de Bronce up the ramp. They thought it was like, and it like he was helping him get get medical attention. He was just it was like shoot or something. So I thought that was funny. I hope they run that angle that Hernandez actually felt remorse in the middle of all this because, like you said, uh, the power bomb was not shown on the actual broadcast. Uh, they did. They were smart to keep the exoticos and the women uh, mostly out of the way. Uh, I think Mascara de Bronce and Dinastia, especially Dinastia, are really great for this type of role, for this type of match, with these, you know, fast-paced type opening match. I think you were totally right, Rob. This is how that you know this is the perfect way for a Triple A show to start. And Hernandez did a good job too as a Rudo, not necessarily a base, but he showed off in his own. I've said it before, he has a lot of video game style offense. But the, the, like I said, there was uh, not enough of the four people that suck to be for this to be really offensive, but I didn't think it was that great. Like I, I probably liked it less than you guys, I, I think. But it was alright, and I enjoyed Bronze and Dinastia, but it's not like my opinion changed on anyone <laughs> in this match that I didn't already have. Your, your opinion didn't even change even after seeing La Yedra on the, in this match? My opinion on her, like Rob said, uh, even her chair shot was not very well done. <laughs> uh, I, my opinion on her is that she looks very nice, yeah. but maybe like yes. she should she should go back to like wrestling training or school or something like that, or just stop wrestling guitar. Well, well, you know, the, she should be she. The bad thing about her is she didn't get her dad's wrestling skills, mm-hmm. and the good thing is she didn't get his looks either. So I guess it kind of. <laughs> It works in a. It's trade off. It's okay. trade off we make. I'll, I'll take it, Fredo. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, my, micro man, what you think of this match? I thought this was the good version of their usual TV match. So similar to Rob, I thought this was a, a good start to the biggest show of the year here. And Mascara de Bronze, you know, very early with that big dive, and Dynasty he got a big dive in too, and then everyone was doing dives, so it was a fun start. And but I think Hernandez kind of looked, I don't know, he was uh, didn't know what to do. He just stuck to his stick. And but everyone else, you know, very into the match. When I think of effort, and they all pulled together to make something up to par with the show. Yeah, yeah. Cubs. Let what, me just what? ask this before we move on to Cubs. What happened to the briefcase? What about our next world champion, Bronze? Here, how how did they treat him in this match? Do you guys think they really build him up for a big win in the future? Cubs can answer that first if he wants. No, I, I, it feels like they've like, forgotten the briefcase actually exists the last couple of tapings. <laughs> I haven't seen it since Cross took it back from Bronze after they Bronze through a table a couple of shows ago. When they did that Cross versus Mass for the Bronze match um, last week, I think, neither of them had the briefcase. So it's AAA. They may have completely forgotten the plot line already. It's tough uh, to tell. Yeah. I, I, Rob, what, 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 what's your take on the briefcase thing? I think some asshole on the internet pointed out that the numbers don't match up and AAA got embarrassed. Oh, no. I, I, I think it, it, they probably 
they probably need to um, only have one briefcase next time they do this, just for simplicity's sake. Who, who has what happened to the briefcase? I haven't kept up with this stuff. I've already forgotten about this stuff. What happened to they've them? already cashed? They've already cashed all their title shots in, and yeah. I hate that idea, Cubs, because that means Venom cannot get a random title shot on the show, <laughs> and that's not, that's not going to be good. I want yeah. Venom to get more of a push. Lancelot was supposed to get into this Tornado Triple Mania because he had his briefcase, but they forgot for him to bring the briefcase to the match. It was <laughs> it, maybe not the detail work. Detail work is not really Triple A's strong suit by any means. Oh, he you wouldn't know, have got know. in there without the briefcase. No, there's no, no they there's had no way limitations about who was in that match, and there's exactly. no way someone random would just get into that match without a briefcase. <laughs> you know who has all the briefcases now? It's Dr. Wagner Jr. because it's full of all the money they had to pay him to lose. Ah. <laughs> you, you know, the, the other thing I noticed with this match was how tall Estrella Divina was. I mean, she was almost as tall as uh, Hernandez. No, I, I, I mean, I wasn't, that seemed a little surprising for me, at least. Uh, Cubs, do you have any thoughts on this match, or you just want to go to the next, the excitement of the women's match? My only thought about this is that the, that Big Mommy worked it well in this match because there was a lot of people who had not seen her before, and she really yeah. did, like, the exact same stuff she does in every one of these matches. But I could tell, especially with the English announcers, let's end that field, that they were blown away that she would do the Matrix <laughs> spot, even though we've seen the Matrix spot being done for six months now. So I think there are a lot of people like that who just are not watching AAA undercards for good reasons. So this kind of match could work in this environment, but it did not do as much for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think every I think everybody just is a little surprised that it was it didn't like it wasn't a complete train wreck like the rest of the some of these other matches. Like much like the next match that we're going to talk about, um, Sexy Star beating Rosemary, Lady Shani, and Ayako Hamada to retain the Reign of the Reinas title. This match, I mean, I don't think anybody expected this. Well, I mean, I think some of us expected this to get some discussion, but I don't think anybody expected it to get as much. And I think it, I think more people have talked about this more than the actual mask match, which is a real shame because this match really wasn't that was horrible. And uh, quite honestly. Uh, Cubs, I guess we'll start with you. What what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I have I, I think I think when they put when Triple A put Lady Shani in there with Sexy Stars as just when they announced it as a singles match, I think there was already a possibility of something happening based on their comments. But this adding Ayako and Rosemary just seemed to like make this match be even worse than what we initially thought it was. What were your thoughts on this match? Well, it could have been uh, it, it may have been um, it may have been worse for having the four people in it, but it may have just completely descended. If you think about how it turned out, if Shania yeah. and Sexy Star were just left there alone, and um, they were, and there was no Ayakuma who separate them when the referee couldn't, then they could have just fallen apart even more than it did. It probably would not have got headlines if it was just Shania yeah. injury or Shania injuring Sexy Star or Sexy Star injuring Shania. But that match, I, I, I kind of wonder now if they put. Ayako and Rosemary in there to think that maybe that would um, keep things from ha happening and that backfired on them badly. But, I mean, Sexy Star hasn't had a good match in a long time. Sexy Star does whatever she wants and gets away with it. It's very obvious that the only thing AAA is doing is that you can see some of their employees and some people for Lucha Underground are, like, quietly talking about how people don't know the real story, but they're all afraid to actually tell what the real story is because there's not really a good real story here. And if there was, it wouldn't be two days later and they would 
without them saying anything, but um, they have not said anything. So I think as much as people are hyper about Sexy Star, Sexy Star is just not going to be in trouble at all by this, and things are just going to go on like they were. Yeah, and you know, I think um, Alfredo on from Monterey brought this up, that how everybody reacted towards this whole thing and wonders, wondered if, if Sexy Star had injured like a Mexican, would there have been so much, you know, outrage over it? Uh, do you think that would have been different if it was her to just, like, yeah, and you, I think you even brought it up that um, it wouldn't have been the same reaction that it had had it been Lady Shawnee. Uh, do you think it would have been a little, like, less, I know, like, all these people that I don't even know if they watched the show, Cody Rhodes and, you know, Paige <laughs> and all these other people were talking about it, and it's like, I don't think they really knew what was going on. What did you think of that, Cub? I, I, I don't think, I think most people were, like, told the story on Taxmaster, yeah. and they just went along with it. But I, I think had it been, I think it's not as much that it was a, that's a uh, foreigner as if it's someone who works for a company that they actually pay attention to. If this was something, if this happened with um, Shania and Sexy Star on a random taping and he, no one outside the Lucha people would have seen it, but this happened with, if, if, if Shania happened to be in triple in GFW, or even was maybe even just on the last few tapings, and people knew who she was, then maybe it was a big deal. But I think um, the, the fact that it was a person from a promotion that had got, that was somewhat well known um, got the story more traction because there were more people in the wrestling community who could, who knew her enough to stand up on her on her back behind her, even though just by no, hearing the story, not even seeing it, if it was. It was some because it was someone they all knew. They all felt like they could support her without actually having seen the stuff. So I, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, Microman, what did you think of this match? That was awful. What? What? what um, I was gonna. Was there a, a certain point where you thought that there was something going on in this match, or what, where did you just think it was just an awful match in general? Because I know, oh. I know, every, I know everybody was pointing out how they were like not they were. You know, there was something off with Sexy Star. But then you also had Ayako kind of, like, looking very bad in the match, and so did um, Rosemary at certain points. Did yeah. you just think it was a bad match? or? I thought just everyone just wanted to do their own thing and mm-hmm. didn't really want to um, or work well together. They were all just looking for themselves and not really wanting to let anyone get uh, one over on them, you know? And I just... I didn't really think much of it, just Sexy Star being Sexy Star and getting attention going for it. And she knows not to, she can get away with doing something to her and not Lady Shiny, probably. Yes. Yeah. Because if she did it to Lady Shiny, you know, she may have retaliated on the spot. Yeah. Micro Man, do you think, do you think, um, like the Monterey guys that, um, that uh, Sexy Star didn't do this intentionally because she didn't have enough MMA experience to break an arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait till, till she does get that experience. <laughs> I think that's the next thing for her. Yeah, she's, well, I think she's probably, given the, the rate she's losing her bookings in the U.S., that's going to happen. Um, Dylan, you know, we, we kind of mentioned this with Mexico. I think people have brought this up, but this has happened quite a bit also in the U.S. and in Japan. I mean, Japan, there's there's been uh, the last couple of years. There's been a lot of like this sort of thing happening, um, and actually even worse than what happened here with um, Sexy Star. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, Fredo, I was actually gonna make that very point because 
just I think last week me and Rob were talking about an incident in America where something similar to this, not quite the same, but between Rachel Ellering and Christy Janes, where mm-hmm. Rachel was very unprofessional in the match. Uh, and uh, that was just a horrible. I hate seeing that. I hate people being uh, unprofessional and not cooperating. And with Rachel, it was more just sandbagging and trying to make make Christy look bad. This seemed to me like sexy star really kind of lost her cool with Shawnee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like you said, uh, you know, and like Microman said, I think the problem with ultimately the reason why she went after Rosemary was because, uh, Shawnee was like, she worked a lot of like death matches and stuff when she was younger on the independent scene at sexy lady, uh, very violent matches. And, I think Sexy was probably afraid of her, to be honest with you, and went after somebody she saw as weaker, unfortunately, yeah. because that, and the, that's the worst part of all out of this, because Rosemary didn't even do anything to incite this. This was nothing. This was none of her business, this beef between Shawnee and Sexy Star, but Sexy Star went after her, took advantage of her. Rosemary <laughs> didn't know what was going on. You probably, she probably didn't even understand the match. I don't know how much Spanish <laughs> she speaks. We know Sexy Star doesn't speak that much English. So, you know, it just looked like, a, and oh, as far as the match goes, this was horrible. I think mm-hmm. that goes without saying, one of the worst of the year. But it really upsets me, and you know, it really upsets me seeing someone take advantage of another person like this, especially someone who didn't even, this was not fair or anything like that. There was no reason behind it. It was just Sexy Star kind of, uh, you know, being a bully and not even not even going straight up with, about it. It was just somebody who took advantage of someone who was giving their body to Sexy Star. And yeah. that is despicable to me. I, I hate seeing that. Yeah, and you know, the, the worst thing is this is like Rosemary's first match in Mexico and they make, you know, they they have this relationship with GFW and for them to do that, it kind of, Sexy Star kind of screws it up. And you know, I know like she was like thanking Vampiro and all that, but you know, Vampiro kind of is partly to blame in this stuff so it's like you know triple a and vampiro and the Rodons are all to blame in this because really sexy star should have never been brought back especially if you heard all the people talk about how they didn't want her back in the first place yeah. they, they obviously didn't like ask around to find out all this stuff um rob as as you as we found out this past week on lucha talk you are a our women's wrestling expert considering you knew who rosemary was uh, what did you think of this match well, you know, I'm kind of sick of talking about this match already. It's kind of sad. <laughs> I think Cubs mentioned. I think Cubs mentioned it earlier. It's kind of sad that everybody's talking about this match over everything else on the show. Or you mentioned yeah. it actually, Fredo, that they're talking about this. So I don't want to give this the, all the attention that everybody else is. But I thought my only hot take of the match is I thought it was actually only the second worst match on the show, if you can believe it. And it was utter <laughs> trash. Sorry. <laughs> That's awesome, Rob. I can't wait to see which one you think is worse. That's the big thing. So you got a couple yeah. of options going forward, Rob. I don't know. But yeah, man, I just want—I just want to mention too before we move on that Shani. I don't know if she was uh, hit with something too hard or something, but she looked a little out of it at one point. I think she may yeah. have bled a little bit. I don't yeah, know if any of you guys noticed that, but yeah, when they were putting her on the chair, did you notice like she just like slumped over, <laughs> like she looked like she passed out or something? They're trying to put yeah, a yeah. over her head. And then, like, yeah, like uh, Rosemary didn't know what what uh, what Ayako was trying to do, so there was like this weird like pause and stuff. It just it was just a horrible match, really. I mean, you could take you could take Sexy Star out of the match, and it was still pretty bad. I mean, it was 
it was it was well, really bad. Uh, I will say that the the one thing I will say that I was arguing with you mentioned Alfredo from Monterey earlier. We were yeah. going back and forth. We were going back and forth today because he does bring up a good point when he says that you know Sexy Star felt attacked, so she had to defend herself. But she was attacked by Lady Shani and by Yako Hamada at points. Yeah. This Rosemary girl did nothing to her, and it shows what a I have to choose my words wisely because there are feminist people on Twitter who will come after me. But Sexy Star is a gutless piece of shit because she went after the one girl who did nothing to her and she did it while she had her in a vulnerable position. If you're mad and you want to fight back because you feel attacked, go after the people who attacked you. Don't go after the girl who wasn't expecting anything and gave you her body at the finish of the match. So in that, so, you know, Sexy Star... She, she defended herself afterwards by saying that she felt attacked, blah, blah, blah. And fine, that, that's all good. But, And I know you said Rosemary said thank you to Vampiro and them for standing up. But anybody who meets Vampiro the first time is going to be charmed by him and thinks he's a good guy because that's just the way Vampiro operates. You're absolutely right that Vampiro is 100% to blame for all this. Yeah. There's Everybody could have seen something bad coming based on the way Sexy Star was talking before the match and Lady Shani – so everybody knew something bad could go down, and AAA took no precautions to make sure something bad didn't go down. So they're to blame for this. And the the over the over uh, overlining whatever the word is issue of all this that needs to be addressed at some point is the unprofessional behavior is nothing new in this company. We saw it two years ago at Triple Mania when Fabio Apache broke Taya Taya's nose on purpose during a match, and Somebody needs to address this at some point, that the unprofessionalism that is out of control in Mexico overall, but especially in AAA, the stuff needs to be cleaned up. I don't think it will be cleaned up, but I do not want to see another thing like this occur at Triple Mania. I don't care about the girls. I mean, they can kill each other for all I care. If that's what they want to do, go for it. But AAA themselves needs to do something about this, because if you're going to let something like this happen over and over this is the, this is the second time in three years it's happened. Your show's gonna be in the background. Your big match is gonna be in the background, and all these new eyes, these sixty thousand people that were watching on Twitch, the next day are gonna be talking about this instead of what they should be talking about, which is a big moment and a show that actually wasn't that bad overall when you consider the overall Triple Mania compared to previous years. And I hope that Triple A does something because. I don't want to see, keep seeing people talk about this. I am sick. Like, let's stop talking about sexy star. Let's talk. Stop talking about unprofessionalism. Just for one time. That's all I want to see. Is somebody. I want to play a show to end, and I want people on the internet to be talking about the show and the match, not the controversy. Can we all agree that we're sick of this? Yeah. Yeah. And you to know, me, Rob, they got what they deserved for even putting this match into place, though. I, I can't say I feel a lot of remorse <laughs> or anything for Triple A, because like, like you guys both said, when you put these two in the ring, so much bad blood that we already know, much like in Japan, you kind of teased it, alluded to it earlier, Fredo, with Yoshiko and Akiyasukawa. Uh, when you put people in the ring that you know, you know something could happen, maybe it won't, but there's a very good chance it will. This is exactly what they deserved. I hope they get a lot of negative publicity on it i hope that it continues to pile on especially for sexy star someone who quite frankly has gotten the push and spotlight 
in both companies and everywhere that many people feel that she doesn't deserve, and rightly so, in my opinion. And this is just the latest example of that. So I, I, I do, I, I like the main event too, and we'll talk about that big moment later. But I have no problem with this. I hope that this gets as much negative publicity as possible for Sexy Star as well as AAA. Uh, even though, like you said, Freddie, you did make a good point. It comes across a lot like people are being really phony, which is nothing new in the wrestling business. People like Cody Rhodes, who you know wasn't watching the show yeah. or anything yeah. like that. You know, that, that's right there. That, let me tell you what that is. That's just trying to rile up some people, trying to get some more likes on Twitter and retweets. That's what yeah. all that's about, really, more than anything else. So I don't put any stock in that. But I do, it pisses me off as someone who's been in the ring, too, to see somebody do this kind of crap that should never happen ever in wrestling, quite frankly. If you want to fight someone, fight backstage when it's, you know, or fight outside the ring, wherever you need to do it. Fight one-on-one, have it be fair. Don't take advantage of someone who's giving their body to you, just like we said earlier. I hate seeing that so much, and I hate Sexy Star for doing that and there's nothing really more I could add to that. And we got so much sexy star this week also with Lucha Underground too. <laughs> we, <laughs> we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that, but you Rob, know, you are a lying bastard. That's what I want to talk about. Last week you promised me a five star match with Sexy Star and that is not what we got at all. So I was very unhappy. I want to call <laughs> you out for that right now. I, I'm shooting on you right now, Rob, for that. That was a lie you told on our podcast last week. Well, you know, you know, maybe she'll have a five-star match. I think she's booked in New York in two weeks with all her friends. So maybe they'll put her in the ring with Taya, and we'll see a real five-star match. I think that's I won't the be only. Fun. I think I think that's the only show she's not canceled, right? That she's still actually booked for. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of, and you know what, the WrestleCade thing. I know the people putting that show together. That's a good-paying gig because, uh-huh. in addition to the in addition to the match, they do autograph signing and everything. That would have been really good for her so getting pulled from that is a pretty big deal and the fact that cody rhodes spoke spoke out against her is pretty bad because i don't know how this has happened but apparently cody rhodes is the ruler of independent wrestling and whatever he says goes because he can work any he can work any show and he can be he can be on any show against whoever he wants so if he says he's not going to share a locker room with her that's basically blacklisting her i'm curious to see where else she's going to work in Mexico because outside of AAA, I just, I mean, I guess I'll get bookings in Monterey on some of these shows, but a lot of people, a lot of people are not her fans, even in Mexico yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, oh, you a, know, what was that a, micro? That's a bombshell Rob just dropped right there. Yeah. Right? Cody Rhodes has leapfrogged Sammy Callahan as <laughs> the god on <laughs> independent wrestling. Well, he, he wrote, he wrote like a, like a, like a little note that he's, Put on, on like a picture or something that about this whole thing. It had a lot of misspellings on it, but you know. <laughs> well, so the, I, the difference is that Cody gets to be on the shows he wants against who he wants, whereas Sammy doesn't get to pick his opponents. He just gets to work wherever he wants and bring all his friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we 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 get to the the next part of this show was uh, Martha Villalobos came out, the legend. Rob, how excited were you to see Martha Villalobos back again in AAA? Do you think she'll be the next challenger for the Reign of the Reigns title? The fucking irony of Martha Villalobos coming out to present the title. She herself used to be the girl who used to, like, destroy yeah. the young pretty girls by pulling their hair and sitting on them as, like, a shoot. Yeah. yeah. She's, the one, she's the one who presents Sexy Star with the fucking title. I was just laughing my ass off. She was probably, like, thinking, this was perfect. This was great. You know, yeah. 
I, I know uh, Piero looked like he was like completely like just trying to tell her to calm down. He was trying to get Sexy Story to calm down. Um, also, right after that, we got Vampiro showing up. So maybe he might have talked to somebody while he was on the way to the to the ringside area. Um, he came out to announce the La Llave a la Gloria winners, which turned out to be Jose Vikingo, Ashley, and Angelico. And then he announced to everybody else that they were the first class enrolled in AAA's new wrestling school. Uh, so basically everybody won. And you know, <laughs> I'm guessing the, the three winners will obviously be on TV, although they, two of them have already, already been. I don't think Al- has Angelico been on TV yet. No. No, so he'll probably, his, his AAA match will be the first one that makes it on TV. Well, actually, I'll, I'll be on TV. Yes. They air those matches. So that should be, this should be like a three or four, four week worth of television, right? Yeah, should be. Yeah. So you guys, how excited are you guys about not having to watch AAA for three or four weeks? Oh, it's the best news ever. Cancel <laughs> Christmas, baby. Uh, before <laughs> before we move on from that, I just want to say one thing too. I can understand why people would speculate that this was a work, at uh, considering AAA stupidity in the in other angles we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but also because Sexy Star's form was so terrible on that arm bar. Uh, we joked about the MMA experience, but her armbar was very bad. Uh, like in, in terms of in terms of tr- actually trying to hurt someone, she did not do a good job at all. Thankfully, she is completely incompetent at everything she does, as usual, yeah. not just wrestling. So that that isn't that nice. That uh, her shooting is ineffective because she's so terrible and she can't do anything right. So I, I am happy about that. Yeah, that that was the good thing. You you, I like how you look at you found something positive in this whole situation, Dylan. Yeah, it could have been worse if someone yeah. was actually you know, <laughs> good at things. Yeah. Was she, she's obviously not quite there as a shooter. Uh, yeah. The next match we had was actually a pretty good match. Monster Clown and Murder Clown beating Dark Quavo, Dark Cuervo, Dark Scoria, DJZ and Andrew Everett, and Drago and Aerostar in a four-way tag match for the AAA World Tag Team titles. For me, the highlight was really Aerostar standing up there on the lighting rig and like waiting for him to do the dive, which ended up being great. I think before he actually jumped, I was more worried about him than actually what, what he was going to do. <laughs> what, you know, I'm not the one that's going to jump. So what do I care really? Um, Rob, what did you think of this match? Oh man, you're going to, you're going to make me break into tears describing Aerostar's performance here. Cause yeah. I'm so proud of the guy. He just, I mean, there's no way anybody could say any that any anybody else was the star in this match except Aerostar. He just the it was like one of those WrestleMania moments as they call them when he jumped off the thing because that thing is going to be replayed forever. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he actually said on Twitter, I mean, the plan was well. First of all, I just want to say like he's the way he got up there is he stood on Monster Clown's shoulders and grabbed the lighting rig, but. If you rewatch it, they actually moved too far forward for him to actually grab the lighting rig. So it was time actually stood still because he couldn't reach it. And it's not like he could move to grab it because if he moved, he would have fallen off Monster Clown's shoulders. So they had to, they had like, you could see Monster Clown kind of take a step back and Aerostar keep his balance. And they lowered it even more so he could grab it. But the plan was he was going to keep signaling to raise it and they were going to stop when he told them to stop, but he never told, he kept putting his hands up because this guy's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And they, they had to make the call to stop raising it. He wanted to go even higher, which is crazy. Cause I mean, it's crazy enough when he was up there, I was so scared. I was screaming, don't go any higher, but he wanted to go more up. He, he, the bad thing about it, if I can say one bad thing is 
I guess they didn't have a production meeting beforehand to tell them what the spot was going to be and when it was going to happen because they kept showing him up there and they kept cutting back to him when they would cut away. So we missed everything that was going – they were still doing a match while he yeah. was up there. And he was up there for a good four or five minutes before yeah. he actually jumped. So we missed all this stuff. Like apparently, I, The one thing we did see was Andrew Everett did a moonsault off one of the clowns who was on the top rope. But they were doing other stuff like DJZ was doing stuff during this and – we just all missed it because they were showing Aerostar up there. But yeah, that that jump was fucking crazy. I can't believe that he did it. I, I hope that he doesn't plan on topping it because this is the peak right here. It's actually there's a good story about how all throughout season three in Lucha Underground, do you guys remember the match that Sexy Star had with uh, who did she have the death match with? Barry Posa. Yeah, the one where she – the I quit match where she swore. Yeah. 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 At one, one point during that match, they brawl up onto the catwalk all the way at the top of the arena. You guys remember this. that, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember this. I remember. So Aerostar has been begging the entire season. He wants to jump off that thing, and they have been telling him, no, you cannot do that <laughs> for liability reasons and not to mention <laughs> – not to mention sanity reasons. Nobody should do that. But this guy's crazy. He'll jump off anything. And the most amazing thing to me is that was only his setup because after he jumped off, that's when the Poder del Norte did a run in and he got up and he did one of the, like the dive of the year candidates where he stepped on one foot on the second rope and then both knees on the top rope to do a somersault to the floor. What, what would have happened if he wouldn't have been able to continue after jumping off that thing? Like how would they have gotten – you know, somebody would have had to take out the other Puerto guy. But I thought this match, uh, aside from the jump, I thought it was really good. I thought there was a lot of action. Unfortunately, the cameras missed 75% of it because the production on the show was yeah. terrible. They they almost missed Andrew Everett's springboard shooting star press dive. They almost missed the double dive by Everett and DJZ. Those were the teams that carried it. I thought the, the clowns and the Escoria Cuervo team were really in the background. And I thought it got really overbooked there at the finish because I couldn't I, – like I saw Dave the Clown running in. I saw Marty following him, and I couldn't understand why they were running in. So it was kind of a cheap finish, but it, it gets uh, – it's going to be memorable just for what arrows. Yeah, and you know, you were bringing up Marty the Moth. Marty the Moth, um, Aldo Farias mentioned that he was there live, and he brought up how Marty the Moth, when he tried to get in the ring, he tried to fight in. And I guess he didn't realize the ring was slightly higher. So when he went yeah. in, he kind of he ate the he ate the ring. So it was like he it, it didn't go off as smoothly as uh, Marty had hoped. Uh, he hit her, but, he hit really really hard. I saw it on the live feed. You can see he yeah. go, it's like a guy running into a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, guess, I'm guessing Marty's now one of the one of the clowns. I guess now that it's Marty and Dave and and murder and uh, yeah. monster. So um, Dylan, what do you think of this match? Yeah, Rob hit the nail on the head. Aerostar with the huge dive. I also love that uh, it seemed like his opponents were not all in on catching him in this crazy <laughs> dive. Well, it seemed, it seemed like to me. I was a little worried about him there. But like you said, not only did he keep going, uh, he went for the dive of the decade right after. So I thought that was awesome. Uh, Aerostar really rocked it here. Like you said, I think the GFW guys, really stood out too and uh, did a great job and their parents really had a great positive experience i think for the gfw roster probably the only positive uh, on the show ultimately uh i actually predicted that the clowns would win uh because i think 
they wanted that all together. We'll talk about the main event later on. I, I, I thought they did a good job letting everyone have their moment in this match. And I thought it was well booked on that end. Like you said, I agree. I didn't really need to see the Dave, the clown and the moth come in. Uh, but I do love Marty the Moth. I am happy that he's probably going to be working here more. I think he's a great, great fit for the roster. I think he's a, a different person that stands out and does a lot of different things. And it's really great to have him around. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does, even if it's it, with this kind of like garbage faction. <laughs> no offense to Dave the Clown. But, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see what he brings to the table. And nothing at all wrong with this tag match. I thought this is where the show, you know, it really started, I think, for a lot of people in this match. It, it goes downhill afterwards, Bill, and calm down. <laughs> I, well, I, uh, I, I know, I know, I know that. I know that. Uh, micro, micro, man, what you think of this? What you think of this man? Oh, I, I thought this was great, even with everything that we missed due to the production errors. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see, you know, the whole match, and if they put out an edited version with everything included, that'd be great. And just Aerostar being the big star one of the big stars on the whole show really and he just takes all the stars with his dive off the lighting rig and i thought it was funny when he he got on and the the thing started going up you know he wasn't even fully grasped onto the thing and they already started to go up and man he's just so wild and i just think how sad to see him in AAA and not get his due like I think he deserves the world. He always wants to perform on the highest level when they call on him, and he always delivers something big and every time on all these big shows. So I, I that's kind of sad that he's not going to be one of the stars, and he should be, especially with, with all the people that have left. But everyone, I think, did their part here. Great match, good fun, really entertaining. I think the team uh, Impact did really well. And, yeah, Cuervo and Scorio were kind of um, in the background. You didn't really notice them, but they're just there to help assist and base and keep everyone safe. I really thought this was great. They needed more bodies for Aerostar to land on, really. (laughs) You You know, the thing with Cuervo and Scorio, they look so different without their face paint. And I think Scoria has gained a lot of weight over the years, so he looks he looks much he, he doesn't look like the skinny old self that he used to be. Uh, Cubs, what you think of this? What, what were your thoughts on this match? Pretty much the same as everyone else. I hope that they bring DJ Z and Andrew Everett yes. back for our regular TV taping, where they can have like a two on two versus somebody, so we can see more of them. It'd be nice if they took that raw footage and re-edited it better, but they never do, so I'm not holding up much hope <laughs> for that. Um, I, it, it's weird to think that. Aerostar's big dive was just a setup for the, the runs to start. It wasn't even really close to the finish. He got up and he did another dive. But yeah. it, I, I think they they made it exciting. They probably had too many people. I'm not really looking forward to Monster and Murder as tag team champions defending the titles, but I wasn't really liking Quiveros and Square either, so it's about the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think the, the I think the worst part of this whole thing is that um, Aerostar's big dive it should have probably been the second big story of the night, and it ended up really just being like forgotten because of, you know, of the person we just talked about taking up a lot of spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So after that, we had Maricela Pena alongside Dorian and Stephanie Roldan. 
uh, showing us a, a little uh, tribute to the legends who passed away. <laughs> a lot of people started whistling, and uh, yeah. Maricela kind of lost her cool and started uh, started complaining about like the, what the fans were reacting to. Uh, and then we got to the most exciting part of this show, because I know all of you guys were looking forward to this. This was my main event, Fredo. Yes, the Tornado Triple Mania. The excitement of the Tornado Triple Mania. What were your guys' thoughts? I could run through this entire thing and name everyone on it, but I will not do that. <laughs> uh, because I don't think anybody even, like, first of all, we had all these teams. Everybody thought J- Joe Leader was going to be with the Perils of Mall. He ended up being with the Mexican Powers. We had uh, a variety of people as Lumberjacks, including Mascarita Sagrada making his way back to AAA. Yes. Uh, Polo de Estrellas, the legend, the icon of AAA, made his mm. return, and nobody even noticed it. But um, this was really horrible. There were a lot of people around the building, the ring. I don't know, um, <laughs> Cubs. You probably, you might remember it better than, than I do. Um, was there supposed to be like a, a, a time, like in between each team showing up, or were they just like just gonna have everybody in come in as within the as the match went on? There was a like. I believe 90 second clock on the okay. screen, but they barely okay. showed it. You had to look, go out of your way because there were so many things to show that uh, they couldn't shoot the screen and they didn't think to have an on screen clock because they never think to have that. Yeah, uh, this was really bad. Uh, I can't even, like, I, 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 think, I think at one point, Joe Leader pinned Nino Hamburguesa, who was on his own team. <laughs> like, he was part of a group <laughs> of guys pinning Nino Hamburguesa. Uh, we did get the return of Dennis. But then again, was Dennis really there? Because I don't even remember him doing anything in this match. Uh, a lot of these people, I know uh, Los Vipers were supposedly there. Really, other than OTT and La Parca and the, the GFW guy showing up, like they they basically had everybody in as trios, but the GFW guys all showed up individually. And that was the only reason I knew they were in this match. But I could not tell you when anybody got eliminated other than the Spanish announcers messing up when Laparca won his match because I think they thought Laparca won after he pinned Jeff Jarrett or something, <laughs> and they were like noticing that there were still like OGT was still in there, and I think there might have been a couple of other people in the match, and they had to correct Arturo Rivera had to correct Jesus Zuniga by telling him that no, the match is continuing, but it's not your fault, it's Vampiro's fault because he confuses us all with his poor booking and all this stuff mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, uh, Cubs, what did you think of this match overall? I thought it was it looked like a complete mess on paper and it was a complete mess and I this is it was not the same way as the Volano's um second mm-hmm. final match, but it was the same kind of general thing where you could see that this is not going to work the second they announced it. They didn't do anything to try to make it work better. In fact they made it more confusing by having people come into the crowd instead of the stage yeah. or something that didn't add anything. And then all it did was to I, I think all it did was they wanted to prove that these people, would, that they're not so disliked by the wrestling community that they could still get these people to show up. But as far as something to put on a good show for the fans, this really wasn't it. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Rob, what you think of the, what were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I was entertained because <laughs> I'm a long time to play fan like you, Fredo. I just love seeing some of these guys. I have the same thing as you. I'm like, Dennis was in this match. I, I thought it was Alan Stone. I couldn't even remember who came out with the Guapos. <laughs> and it's it's just funny because, I mean, let's be honest, everybody. If they just announced that the Vipers are going to be there, 
and they don't announce Hysteria's name, and they don't mention that he's there, he could literally have been in this match and just gone to to work CML the next day, and nobody would have noticed because this match was so crazy that you you can't even keep track. Like I'm looking right now at the results that Cubs fan typed up. He's got Australian Suicide listed in this match, and I'm convinced he wasn't in this match. Yeah, he was in that. I remember him because he, he was he turned, in it. Yeah, he yes. turned to the he turned he turned towards the camera, and I think he asked, "Why am I in this match?" or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. I I, I really don't remember him being in this match, and I know that. Povo Estreas was there, but he's not listed as being in this match. And he was a lumberjack. He was a lumberjack. Yeah, he was definitely there. I just don't I couldn't remember if he was in the match or not in the match. And then the really confusing thing, I mean, aside from Joe Leader showing up on one team and ending up on another team, is you had the GF every team came up together, except then the GFW guys decided to come out separately. And off air, we were saying that somebody on the DVD Death Valley Driver Board mentioned that they shot an angle where Moose turned on Lashley or vice versa, but I don't actually remember seeing that. And then you had Jeff Jarrett just stumbling around a ringside, clearly in no condition to perform, which is really good for an official of GFW to show up for this event in no condition to perform, but nobody seems to be talking about that. They did a spot with Condell Mal on the floor where yeah. He was supposed to be he was supposed to be whipped by the lumberjacks, but they didn't end up whipping him because he shook their hands, which I didn't really <laughs> understand. And yeah. I couldn't I couldn't understand why the OGTs were turning on each other at the end. And they played Laparka's music like you mentioned at the wrong time. So yeah. we knew he was gonna we knew he was gonna win because they had his music queued up. It's just they played it too early and they had to wait for him to pin the right guy to actually win the match. So even though this was a mess and terrible overall, I was entertained. So this was my third worst match on the show. <laughs> wow, third worst match. Yeah, you know, uh, Dylan, what were your thoughts on this match? Because I know you were you watched this entire match in anticipation. Where do I even begin with this match? <laughs> you're afraid of? There's so much to say. Rob, I think you're a very, very nice and generous person uh, with that grade of third worst on the show. Uh, that's, that's very kind. Uh, first of all, Fredo, I need to ask you something because I know you're the only person that can answer this. Possibly one of the only people on Earth. What do you think was better, this match or the Grand Cruzada match in IWRG? Well, you know, you thought this had a lot of people. Grand Cruzada had all 30 guys and they were run- they weren't I think the rule was that they had to get thrown over the top rope. So, of course, what's going on in this in the Grand Cruzada? Everybody's brawling outside the ring, and there's only two people in the <laughs> ring most of the time. Which, But, you know, honestly, I thought this was worse than Grand Cruzada because once you got rid of all the guys, as you got rid of guys, it started getting a little bit more, you know, it was a little calmer. But this match was, like, just confusing from start to finish. And like Rob was saying, the OGT eliminating each other. Which obviously is more because their 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 gimmick is that they're assholes, so that kind of was the reason. But yeah, this this, this was a lot worse than Grand Crusada. You know, one and, thing I and, forgot. One thing I forgot. Sorry, one thing I forgot to mention is this wasn't just the AAA 25th anniversary. This was also a flashback to at one point 13 years ago in CMLL because Ricky Marvin and Zumbido got together and did some spots in the middle. That was pretty cool. Whoa, uh, you know. What was up with that anyway? He wasn't even supposed to be in this match either. Him and Heavy no. Metal were supposedly on the same team. Uh, <laughs> so what, what was that all about? Him, Heavy Metal, and Lancelot. 
I think that's where Into Cowboy was supposed to come in, and so then Ricky Marvin took his place, and that's how Marvin <laughs> got in the match. How is Lancelot a 90s team member? <laughs> then I can't help with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, listen, Freddie, you forgot to mention the most important part of this match, the Luchador Sorpresa that we were all excited about, so many people, and who came out? Who was this legend that returned the team with Blue Demon Jr. and Pirata Morgan Fredo? This cobarde. Great one. I didn't know who this was, and nobody would tell me on, on the Spanish commentary or the English commentary. I, I'm sure certain that nobody on the English commentary but, well, would tell you know, us. The, you, you know, the, the weirdest thing was they had a cobarde junior uh, as a lumberjack, yeah. and I was like, that must be the guy. <laughs> they had this guy. I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I couldn't figure that shit out. I was like, what's going on here? This was an a truly a disgrace of a match, in my opinion. Certainly one of the worst I've ever seen uh, in, in AAA. I think without all the controversy, uh, Jeff Jarrett drunk off his ass. Like you said, what is this guy in GFW, the president or the founder or whatever he calls himself? You know what? <laughs> this should be at every board meeting from now on, the footage from this match. That's what I hope happens out of this. If somebody wants to plan a hostile takeover of GFW, I don't know who would do that. Who would possibly be insane enough to want to take over GFW at this point, even want that on their hands. But if there is someone out there, please, please send this footage of this match to them so they can somehow get Jeff Jarrett suspended or something off the board of directors because just an awful performance. Everyone in this match should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) And more importantly, not the guys necessarily, but the people that put this together and thought it was a bad idea should be barred from Lucha Libre forever. I hated this match so much. <laughs> oh, but well, wait, but one more thing. The best part of this whole match was who came out afterward. Uh, another point, before we get to that, was this, we still, I'm still not even sure the rules of this match. Was it a trios match or was it a singles match? Because LA Park was the only one that got the, <laughs> got the title afterwards when Latin Lover came out. This yeah, made no yeah. sense. Crazy. Yeah, you know that that this this whole match this whole match was horrible. The, the a complete waste of time. They probably could have just yeah. got rid of this whole thing because, I mean, it was it was just horrible. Um, Latin Lover gave, came out gave out the Tornado Triple Mania belt to La Parca, so he gets a nice little belt to put up on his um in his trophy room. But I mean, really, that the finish of this was so indie level too. Like the way they handled it was so bad. I I, I can't. I have no idea why they would have. I mean, it's triple. It's like it's AAA. They're supposed to be like the top promotion and one of the top promotions in the world, and they're doing all this stuff, making it look so bad. I have no idea. But now we could just skip, the, forget about this, and get to the next match. And I'm gonna start with a uh, Microman Fever for this one because this is actually the match he was hoping would be like. It's actually his dream match: Pagano versus Messias in a street fight. That ended up not even being a street fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, Microman, what was your thought of, thoughts on this match? Because I know you were expecting this to be a lot better than it was, and it turned out not to be as good as we were hoping for it to be. I Wait was... a minute. It, was, it wasn't a street fight, but it was an ultimate consequences match, okay? So get it right, Fredo. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I saw this. Uh, you know, it had to be Vampiro's doing... And I think it was because he was the one that allowed Reyes Scorpion into the building, I think. It probably had something to do with that closet. 
closing. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just very disappointed. This is, I do think this is better than the women's match. And in the match, I think uh, Pagano was kind of trying, but Macias is kind of dragging his feet in this one. But I do think he tried to keep Pagano safe. And they both kind of came to the realization that, you know, why bother trying? Because just to have Rey Scorpion run in here and everyone's just going to memorize Rey Scorpion running in and beating them both up. So it's like they didn't even try. And they were just filling out time. And they just sacrificed what would have been a classic to get across Rey Scorpion. But... That's I think that speaks highly of Pagano that he's willing to sacrifice his big match, his big showcase of the year, to get over a new person on the roster. Yeah. Rob, what were your thoughts on this match? I know you're going to have different views on this. Not much actually. I mean, the, this is we've re, we reached the match that I think was the worst match of the night. I yeah. think where there's probably a story behind why this ended up being the way it was. I don't know if it was maybe. They had something planned involving weapons and fire and stuff, and then the commission just said, no, you can't do it. And they pouted and decided, fine, then we're just going to have a bad match. I don't understand the finish. I don't know if maybe Macias was actually hurt and they had to go to a quick finish, but it just made no sense. They Even when the crowd chanted Lucha Extrema, they didn't give them what they wanted. So I feel like this was them purposely having a bad match for some reason as like rebelling against something. Because Vampiro is a fan of both these guys, so I don't think he would have specifically sent him out there to have a bad match. And the thing with Reyes Scorpion jumping was just stupid. I don't, I don't think AAA is the right... I know you guys disagree, but I don't think AAA is the right place for him. I thought he had a good good, good deal on the indie scene. I think in AAA, he's just going to fall through the cracks again, and he'll be gone before you know it. And I'm not looking forward to him carrying both of these guys through matches, just... A total waste of time that went way, way, way too long and just awful. What can I say? Yeah, and, and you know, the thing with Ray Scorpion is, like I mentioned, if it, if, you, if he's used properly, it's great, but it's AAA, so, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, and especially now when we find out later on what's going on with the crash, it seems kind of weird why he would leave at that point because he's getting a lot of good indie bookings and stuff like that. And if this deal with um, CML and the crash happens, then he would actually get to work with, you know, more people, you know, that's going to open up a little more. I don't know. I thought this match was horrible. Um, Cubs, what did you think of this match overall? I think I, I'm really confused about the ending. If Macias really suffered some sort of injury and in then the match really, but even if it did, it was still a very long match that wasn't any good to that point. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like two or three good minutes were going to save that match. It was still kind of, um, it was it was still going to be bad, and they weren't building to anything. I think it's weird that they did so much they did so much big blood stuff leading into the feud and built it up like it was the second biggest thing on the show for the most part. And then they just did not show that same aggressiveness in the match. I kind of wonder, um, given that it is Ray or Scorpion, that if maybe some, this was originally supposed to be a hair match between. Pagano and Macias, and then both guys decided they didn't want to lose, but Ray Scorpion is very happy to jump in there and take a loss when it presents itself, because otherwise, yeah. it's a weird place for him to be in. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, what you think of this? What were your thoughts on this match? You know, 
I figured that this would be a terrible match going into it. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it would be a hardcore match. They do a lot of stuff that I don't really like that much. Uh, but I've seen these guys wrestle a lot, and they're always bad, to be honest with you. Uh, Pagano's got a lot of great presence to him, and I may, I kind of enjoy him on the actual TV shows more than the most, uh, I think, because at least he's very over with the fans, and he's very charismatic. He's great for angles and character work and things of that nature. He's got a great presence to him. But as a wrestler, it's like, this guy's like a backyarder, in all honesty. Like, he tries a lot of stuff that he shouldn't try and screws it up. Uh, Macias seems to be like one of the most uninspired people in wrestling in any company. Yeah. I feel like in AAA, uh, we know this guy could be good. We see him in Lucha Underground, but uh, here, it's like he doesn't even try. And I think these guys are actually kind of good as like when they were a tag team fighting smaller guys like Australian Suicide. I think they have a good grasp of how to work that style of match and be um, a monster type person, but not monster to the point of being invulnerable. They can actually sell, but make it mean something, you know, when they fight each other, I expected this to be real bad and we got a really bad match out of it. I agree. It was the bo most boring match on the show, if not yeah. the worst. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, and I think you can make a case. Ray Scorpion tried to save it the best he could uh, at the end. He, it was a, a really bad, a poorly booked match over, overall. Uh, all around, and his appearance was not good. I don't know who you were talking about, Rob, was saying uh, I thought it was the wrong, the right place for him because I don't think that at all. I, I hate, <laughs> I hate that he's in AAA now. You know, <laughs> this, this this sucks. Like he's going to be completely wasted, and I, I don't know. I wish he would have stayed with the Crash for the great point you said, Fredo. He could have, you know, reformed the Revolutionarios and yelled at Dragon Rojo about being lazy some more. That, that's what I want to see. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's okay. it's okay, Dylan. Dylan, relax. He's just here until Elite starts up again. Any day now. Yeah. Yes, yes, any day now. He needs he needs those bookings. <laughs> I, sources t sources have told me that it was starting in August, but somehow, you know, somehow it's not come back yet. So I, I don't know what the story is with Elite. And they after they had those sanctions to have Lashley and uh, this week <laughs> at Week Tornado. So I don't know what the story with that is. But now that Ray of Scorpio is here in AAA, I hope he can get something to sink his teeth into. But I don't know. Like you said, it seems like it's more like he's just going to put over Pagano or something in a hair match, which I don't want to see. No, yeah. no offense to Pagano, but I, can, I think the promos could be good between them. I think Pagano's very, you know, a very good promo, very good character. But the match itself, I think, is just like, you know, what what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Well, we you, get why to... watch the show? This this raised my blood pressure. Like. You know, it had to be like 35, you know, KMs or whatever after that tornado and after this match because I was, I hated this show up to this point. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the part where you actually start liking the show again. So, so Let me the know. next Let match, me yes, the next match you did like, I know you, although you missed it, I think you missed it, right? You were watching the, the boxing match, yeah. the fight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I missed most, so, but I watched it later on, so it's okay. Okay, uh, and I did. yeah, well. Well, the the next match brings will bring us back to the the good the good points of this show. Johnny Mundo beating Tejano Jr. and Hijo Fantasma in a ladder match might have been a TLC match. I'm not really sure. I don't think any anyone really knows to retain the Triple A Triple Crown. Um, I thought this match was really good. The finish kind of sucked because it had so many people involved. Um, but yeah, there was enough of it where I thought it was great. Lots of blood. Really fun match. Uh, Microman, what did you think of the match? I I like this match. I thought it was, uh, yeah, very good. It was very even between the three people in it, and they each got their part in the match. 
you know, so, so I do think some of the stuff earlier on, like it really early looked looked really hokey. Mm-hmm. Like there was no danger to some of it. But then as it got on, you know, things started to heat up and they really turned up on the danger. And, you know, they got blood and people started going to tables. So you can't deny their effort. I, I think this this made up for the, the Pagano match, gave the crowd that Lucha Extrema they wanted. And Hijo de Fantasma, who I think is the best AAA wrestler at the moment, I thought he was great in this match, and he put in a really complete performance. And Tejano, he, he, I think he came off more as a neutral character, even though they wanted uh, AAA wants him to be come across as a Rudo, but they, he had his fans supporting him and. This match kept going on, and then you had the um, the interference yeah. from Kevin Cross, you know, who tries to steal the titles. Who knows if he was trying to steal them for himself or help Mundo win? But that prompted Hernandez and Mascara de Bronze to come in too, like everyone predicted, and we predicted it last week. And I I think uh, Kevin Cross, he's just they book him too strong, I think, and that's a big risk because he can just, at any time, he can just abandon AAA, and you could have used all that attention on someone that you know who would not leave, or that less probability of leaving, like Aerostar, for example. Or Dave the Clown. Yes, especially, <laughs> especially Dave the Clown because nobody wants him. <laughs> but then, uh, you know. Tejano came back strong into it, and he added drama to the match, and it really came more... And people, the crowd started buying into the drama as we head into the finish. And I think what you saw, it would have came across... It came across that Phantasma, he could have won if this was one-on-one, but you had all this going on around them that you, you knew that he didn't lose because on his own, he, he, lost, he lost because all this stuff was going on around them. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you can keep going. Okay, uh, um, were you surprised Johnny Mundo retained the title, considering everything that's been going on, or have you finally just gone with whatever they're going to do? Not really, because it, it I, I guess a little bit, because I was expecting some of these storylines to actually move along. I mean, if you consider that the Wagner psycho thing was probably booked, and decide long before Vampiro and whoever else is helping him was came aboard, then if you look at all the stuff that Vampiro's done at the end of the year, you would think that some of those storylines would have paid off at Triple Mania, but really, Macias and Pagano just did not resolve. We had Tad Kyle change hands, but that was just... That, that really didn't mean much. We had Sexy Star keeping her title, which so nothing changed there. And here we had um, just keeping in place where Mundo, the big bay off to Mundo doing all this evil stuff is that Mundo is still champion. He's not, and whoever's going to face him, we don't know. And it's not, whatever title change is going to happen some other time. And that Phantasma and Tejano keep hitting each other, but they don't ever actually have that singles match. So, I mean, we saw all the, like Microman said, like every said, we knew all these run-ins were the runs that were going to happen and they happened exactly how we were expecting. And there was nothing 
there was nothing that really felt like they were telling any story that was moving somewhere. The, the match itself was pretty was more violent than I was expecting, and sometimes yeah. I think more violent than they were expecting. And I think it was a good match, but it seems like it did not seem like some sort of big show payoff you would expect for the biggest show of the year. Yeah. Do you think do you think the next big match is going to be Mundo defending against Vampiro? Because that kind of seems like <laughs> that kind of seems like what they were leaning towards at the end of this whole thing. I it doesn't seem like they should do that match yet because it it seems like um, it's too soon even still for Vampiro to challenge for a dial. But I'm sure that like their December end of year it's him or it's Cross or maybe it's Cross first and then. After after Vampiro beats Cross to get the briefcase, then Vampiro challenges for a dial. <laughs> Who knows? It just it, it 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 was really. I mean, in all seriousness, Psycho Clown should be the guy going after a dial. Psycho Clown was a big hero at the end of the show, but they didn't even suggest that. So I I'm not sure there is a plan at this point, or just like nebulous ideas of things they might do. Yeah. So Rob, what were your thoughts on this match? I'll just get the two negatives out of the way quickly. The the production was awful. Mundo yeah. almost killed himself at one point, and the cameras completely missed it. They were missing. They missed another spot late where Tejano got put through a table by Cross, which set up the finish. Just awful. Uh, I didn't like the run-ins. I didn't like how it overshadowed the good match that was going on. But if you just count the start of the match until the run-in started, I honestly, I rewatched this one today. I thought this was the AAA match of the year. Unfortunately, oh. you have to inc- you have to include the run-ins, so it goes down. That's why yeah. I thought the, the second match, the Le Yave Lagoria, was better. But if you would have just stuck to letting these guys do a clean finish, I thought this would have been the, the AAA match of the year. The blood added a lot of emotion. The intentional blood from Tejano plus the non-intentional blood from Fantasma. Mundo worked really hard. They did a lot of cool stuff, like... Uh, I think Micro said that it started really slow, but it, then it built up into something really nice. So I give these guys all the credit in the world, and I I feel really bad that they couldn't get their moment in the glory to do a clean finish and get the respect they deserve for the performance they had. I don't even want to address the attention whore who had to steal, <laughs> Dr. Wag- who had to steal Dr. Wagner's big line just to get any sort of reaction while he was jerking off to himself afterwards by choke slamming Mundo. Fuck Vampiro. These guys deserved way more. And I even wrote that to Phantasm on Instagram. He liked the message. I know he agrees with me, even though he can't say it. I would love to see these guys do a rematch or something else later on down the line where they get their own moment in the sun. Tremendous performance by all three. Can't say anything more about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole Vampiro thing, when he was like getting the fans to cheer for him, was also pretty hilarious. Um, the guys, the guys, the guys, insane. Um, Dylan, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, these guys pretty much said it all with the match. This was a really crazy match. I wanted, to, I had to take note of the blood from uh-huh. both Phantasma and Tejano as well. I completely agree with Rob that that added a lot to the drama of the match. Unfortunately, the run-ins came. And it was cheesy and lame and tried and, you know, played out and we all predicted it. But that doesn't take away the effort that these three men brought into the match here. And I think that's great that they really tried hard. I think you can make that criticism a lot with Johnny Mundo in, in AAA where maybe he doesn't try as hard as he should. But in this match, he brought it. The other two men definitely uh, did, held their own. 
I think Phantasma is definitely one of the top guys, if not the top man, as Microman said. I think you could definitely make that case that he's the best wrestler in this company. Uh, after the match with Vampiro, you know, it, it is what it is. He needed to chant his name and go crazy for the fans to even start to ch- chant him. You know, he, he couldn't do it on his own because he's actually over. He had to chant for them first. But, you know, uh, I, I thought that was pretty amusing. But, you know, it was just a, it was just a really good match. Definitely a lot. It was actually kind of better than I expected it to be, to be honest yeah. with you. And I, I was happy to see it played out this way. I, I wish maybe someone else besides Vampiro could have gotten this moment. But <laughs> what, 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 what can you do? What can you do in AAA, you know? So uh, uh, if you accept it and accept it for what it is, uh, it's okay, I, I guess. But it was a good match overall. Yeah. Finally, we get to the the last match on the show. At this point, we have already watched about six hours of Triple Mania. And I think most of us were pretty much dying at that point. But this was really worth it. It was actually pretty good. Psycho Clown beating Dr. Wagner Jr. in a mask match. Earlier in the day, there was a poster that was um, being making the rounds on social media where it was announcing that Dr. Wagner Jr.'s uh, first match unmasked would be happening in Oaxaca on, I think, September 17th. Or they were the first ones that promoted it. There's other promotions that are running on Doc versus Cycle. I think tonight on Cantu is running a show with that. And Aficion Aficion also has a show with him. But this was the one that actually said it would be the first time Dr. Wagner Jr. unmasked. So everybody was like figuring out, okay, so maybe it is Dr. Wagner Jr. losing. And then somebody else posted a, a, a picture of the of the poster at the arena where it said it wasn't. It was just he could be without his mask on this show. I know I know some of the AAA people were like, see, it's not true. Don't believe it. But um, I think at that point, I know there was a lot of people. A lot of people really picked Dr. Wagner Jr. to um, win this match. And I think a lot of it has to do with the whole, you know, the Ultimo Girl car incident. People thinking Psycho Clown was probably going to have to pay off something with his mask. Other people were pointing out how Dr. Wagner Jr. was growing his beard long and it's gray now. And they thought, there's no way this guy's going to unmask with that beard. And apparently we were all wrong. And um, it, I thought it was a pretty good match. Um, we saw a couple of people in the crowd, including um, Psycho's uh, family. Uh, Nero Casas' daughter, Zaraida, was there. The kids. Um, the kids that we're most familiar with because Nero Casas is usually playing with them in the ring or carrying them with one arm. Um, his other daughter, Omi, was also at that show cheering um, Psycho Clown. So also interesting was Dr. Wagner brought in his son as a second, and he brought some other kids with it, some of his other kids with him. But um, Psycho Clown came in alone. So we were all kind of, I think at that point, everybody thought that nothing, you know, not, there, was, there wasn't going to be any involvement by Psycho Clown's family. And sure enough, there wasn't. We did see Maximo and Mascara celebrating with Psycho Clown at the end once he won the match. Um, I guess I should uh, start with Cubs. Uh, Cubs, what were your thoughts on this match? Because I think, were you were you on the, were you, who were you picking to win this match initially? Or did you have an idea more or less Dr. Wagner Jr. was going to lose? I, I was picking Psycho Clown just because I didn't believe Wagner could, um, that Triple A could get it done to keep Wagner happy and, and to lose his mask for a full year. And, they must have show, promised him a big number or given him something ahead of time. But then when that post came out Saturday morning, they had him unmasked for weeks from now. I kind of changed, uh-huh. that, it kind of changed my mind. I thought the match was kind of online with um, 
Psycho Clown match with Tejano and his match with kind of with Pagano, um, where it was it's not a the level of action of a top CML mass match, but it was still good enough for the occasion and the crowd gets into him enough that it covers up for some stuff. Did you think it was like the match of the decade or were you we, you were there live for Atlantis Ultimo Girl? Did you think that was a lot better? I thought that was a lot better and bigger, but I, I understand. I mean, if you're AAA, you have to type it. Like, it's a match yeah, of the decade. Yeah, I'm not really sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob, what were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great or anything. I I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. Maybe it's just that the AAA format that all their big matches uh, have to do, have to go by is like, you know, with the crowd brawling and the mask yeah. ripping and the blood and everything. Plus, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just old school, but this is like a, this is a huge mask match. And can you imagine if like somebody was standing at ringside during Atlantis Ultimo Guerrero and like tripping Atlantis while he ran the ropes? I mean, <laughs> I would, I mean, there was no reason for Dr. Yeah. Wagner's kid to interfere in this, but he just did. And honestly, I thought it was, I think I tweeted this during the show. It felt like they were setting up somebody to run out to help yeah. Psycho, right? But nobody ever came. So there was no reason for the interference. He should have just stayed out of it. And it's not like Wagner was going to get booed in the first place. The crowd was singing his name the entire time. So you might as well just go with it. I thought, uh, I like the crowd brawling. I like the blood it added when Psycho crashed on the dive. I thought it added a lot of drama. But then he just stood up and shook it off and just kept going. So I thought that was a big sign of inexperience for him because you could have you could have gone somewhere with that. You could have, like, oh, he's hurt and he's going to lose. It didn't seem like Wagner was really into the match as having it as, like, a classic. He was just there to lose his mask. And I thought the finish kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it was a superplex, a backcracker, and then a code red, which the announcers called the Canadian Destroyer because... <laughs> Every move, every move is a Canadian destroyer to them. <laughs> but it was just very, very anticlimactic finish. And I mean, the the moment was there, like the crowd reacting to the near falls, the pop, the post match. But the match itself certainly left a lot to be desired in my mind. Yeah, Microman, what you think? Of, what were your thoughts on this match? I thought this was good because all the the atmosphere and all the hype it had going for it and just the the crowd was really into this and really behind Wagner and you know this is the ultimate consequence one of them is going to lose their mask or you, you know you never know really triple a they could have done something like uh the LA Park match right but uh i think uh i don't i think exposes a, a two much of a word to describe like Wagner he couldn't really go I I don't know I have a hard time like uh describing this he, he's uh it showed like he's not at, he can't go at the level anymore you know yeah. yeah and that's what I saw in this match and I was just shocked that he lost in clean and but you know Psycho Clown he was putting in work here in the match he was selling selling big and when when it came his turn to be on offense he delivered and and then that's when uh you know Wagner kind of waned down lowered intensity and Psycho Clown I think he really does deliver in big matches and like Cubs fans bringing up his uh hair mask match at Tejano 
and the Pagano match, you, you, it shows that he, he leaves it all out on these shows, and I think that's he make that that makes him I think one of the best main eventers in Mexico. He's he's actually if you if you check with people and fans that sell masks, you know he's the number one seller of masks. So all around the complete main event star that I think you can build around, and then uh, this you can break up this match where you know Wagner's dominating and then Psycho reacts and then Wagner he gets his second win and then I think that's when it got good again mm-hmm. and he started he just dumped Psycho Clown to the seats and he continued to stay on him and they went back for a straight match into the ring and then. Uh, had each of them scoring near falls leading into the finish, which was kind of underwhelming, like Rob was saying. Yeah. Dylan, what were your thoughts on this match? You know, I actually have to admit that I kind of liked the match. You know, I thought it was a good match. I, I don't know if maybe low expectations played a role into it again, because it was Doc Wagner Jr. I've been watching him be crappy all year pretty much on the show, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Uh, I've seen these two have these lame, you know, brawls and sometimes matches that aren't even matches after the show ends uh, that we've watched on AAA sometimes. So, you know, I was really uh, tired of these two at this point. I just wanted to all be over with. But, you know, like you said, comparing it to like Ultimo Guerrero and Atlantis, that's like one of the best ones, Uh, one of the most emotional ones. So uh, obviously it didn't live up to that at all. But. For a main event mask match, I thought it was about as good as something like Dragon Lee and La Mascara. I, I think it was around that level. And these guys tried as hard as they could. Doc is not a great worker uh, anymore. The way he used to be, I remember watching him in Japan back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he was the man. But he is not the man anymore. Psycho is a really strong main eventer, really good. You know... Uh, I thought Dr. Wagner Jr. was going to win, too. I think maybe the controversy of the po- the poster that got released, may- I don't know if that took away anything, but it's what a shame that that came out that way because yeah. I, I would have been, re- been really surprised if Psycho had won. I thought for sure Wagner would win if this match would happen uh, because it's just because he's Wagner. I thought he wanted that match with L.A. Park, uh, you know, and he wouldn't put over Psycho, but he did it here. And like you said, he hit the code red for the win here. It was not the you know the Canadian destroyer, as Rob mentioned. But we did get the rumored Maximo and La Mascara kind of interaction here, but it was nothing to really tease anything. It was more like they were just there just to be there, you know. They're yeah. like more more than like and they have any sort of role going forward. And that's fine with me. I think that's a great way to do it. They didn't do some run in uh, heavy bullcrap that we've seen in like pretty much every other match on the show <laughs> that <laughs> with lots of interference and things of that nature. Uh, this They kept it uh, out of the way pretty much, but I do agree that they probably should have had somebody run out to help Psycho uh, to counter him, and I will say it was a great moment. It was a really emotional moment for Doc to lose this mask because it does mean so much, regardless of what you think yeah. of him recently. So I appreciated that. Uh my big problem is that it's setting up something with Iho Day, who <laughs> is not, not not someone I want to see at a Triple Mania main event. Uh, no offense to Iho Day, Dr. Wagner. But, you know, the guy, uh, the match was good, though. I, I actually liked the match. I think I liked it a little bit more than, than Rob did. I think, I think it was a good match, honestly. 
Yeah, so I should I should go on with this. How excited are you guys about the Triple Mania 26 main event of Psycho Clown versus Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr.? Do you see that happening, Cubs? I, I see... I see the Panther versus Sam Adonis as a better chance of happening than Hero de Dr. Wagner versus Psycho Cloud. Yeah, I mean, that, that just seemed I hope like. You're it. right, Cubs. <laughs> well, I know if that's the main event for Triple Mania 26, I will not be watching. <laughs> I've seen Nico the Dr. Wagner Jr., and even at, even at Dr. Wagner Jr.'s current state of what he is now, Hijo the Dr. Wagner Jr. is not even at that level. Like, he's not even close to good at, at that level. So, I don't know about that. Um, so, I guess overall, um, I guess I'll ask you guys what your overall thoughts were on the show. Like, would you give it a thumbs up, down, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? I'll start with you, Rob. What were your thoughts overall on the show, Triple Mania 25? I mean, there was enough on the show that I liked the show. If somebody were to ask me, would you recommend it? I would say I recommend parts of it. But overall, I mean, I mean, especially, I can't stress this enough, when you compare it to the two previous years, yeah. and maybe even three previous years, this was a excellent showing by AAA standards. There's like four good matches that you like. You want to check out the, the second Yavi Lagoria match, the opening match on the show, the tag team title match, and then the ladder match, and of course the main event. So that's there's more than enough for somebody to watch. I do want to add, though, that... This really felt like the end of a chapter, so to speak, yeah. in AAA. Like they have no match that can top this main event, and with the way the promotion has been running, is I wonder if Dorian and Maricela and Joaquin, because he was alive when they were putting this together, this was like their final stamp on their AAA, the 25th anniversary, and I. I, I can easily see that this is just like the end of an era and it all goes down after this because there's nothing that they set up from this. There's nothing looking forward that you could think that they could be setting up. But if this is the way that they're going to go down, if this is the final triple mania in AAA as we know it, I mean, they went out with a bang because AAA will always be known as the company that got Dr. Wagner Jr.'s mask. And that is no small feat. So yeah. I didn't think they could pull it off, and I want to send out a huge congratulations to AAA. They definitely made yeah. me eat my words. They got Wagner's mask. Mm-hmm. Microman, what were your thoughts on the show? I would give it a thumbs up. I think this is my favorite and best Triple Mania for the past five years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I think this one outdoes all those. And, yeah, there's just more good there's more positives than negatives and there's like uh if you want to watch it there's like a, a, a an hour or an hour plus like right in the middle of the show that you can just skip over and i i, I enjoyed it i thought it was entertaining even the tornado triple triple mania was entertaining to see the people come out and the crowd react to them but the action yeah Skip the actual match. Yes, yeah, skip. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, what were your thoughts on this? Did, did, you like, did you like it? You know, Fredo, when I look at this show, it, like Rob kind of alluded to it, said, it's really a tale of two shows uh, almost when you look at it because the good was was good. I, I actually liked the main event. I thought it, you know, I think you can make the case it was 
the best match of the night, either that or the second Yave de la Gloria match. Uh, the bad was offensively atrocious and some of the worst <laughs> wrestling I've seen all year. So it's hard for me to say I give it this big thumbs up because the wor- I, I think I think when you look at the reaction, people are talking way more about the bad parts than the good. Because I think the bad is a lot worse than the good on this show. I think if you watch like the TLC match, the main event, and the uh, the second Yave de la Gloria match, I think you'd be oh, and the tag match too with Aerosmith's big dive. So those are four good things right there, uh, to varying degrees. Uh, nothing on this show is going to be on my match of the year list or anything like that. I, I recognize I watch a lot more than Lucha, but uh, nothing's really standing out to me as something that I'll be remembering for years to come or anything like that outside of the moment at the end of the show. I think that's really the main thing you need to watch from the show. Although I really enjoyed the second Yave de la Gloria match. I think that might have been the best pure match on the show. But the moment of the main event carried it for me. But if you watch this whole show, I, I'd i be stunned if you didn't come away thinking about the worst parts of it more than the good parts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Cubs, uh, will you be going back and writing out what happens in the Torneo Triple Mania? As oh, you yeah. Prefer? I think I have to go back and time everything and, and figure out when people, how long people last. Treat like the Royal. What, what were your thoughts on this show? I, Did you I put thought, that in a pie chart, Cubs, when you, uh, when you write it out for us? A pie chart, maybe like a line chart. Well, it'll be definitely have to be a chart of some kind. <laughs> Good, thank you. I, thank you. I thought, I mean, I, I can't see any better than like a thumbs in the middle on it because there was so much stuff that was bad and it was such a long show. Yeah. You have so much bad stuff. I think if you there was a good two two and a half hour show in there, a show that went five hours. So, and I think the presentation of it was not great from the announcers, from the camera work, from it just um, making sense at all. That it's kind of it, it's it it has the same usual problems that AAA usually does, and it's kind of frustrating to see that they are never going to fix those problems. Um, no matter how many times they do them wrong. And the other thing is, there were good stuff in that show, but what struck me is that they did get this tremendous attention from Twitch, where this probably, and from Televisa, where this is probably the most watched Triple Mania of all time. But we're doing this on Monday, which is two days after the show, and there's like no AAA following up on this at all. They made some newspapers, but all they've done on their own is they posted a very brief recap of the show and some photos. There's no, this is. This is how you can keep following us. This is what we're going to do past Switch. This is our next big show that you need to pay attention to. This is even this vacation. You can go on and you can meet these guys and go to the resort. It just, we had a show. We're not really going to talk about anything until we have another show. Maybe because of the sexy star thing, but I think even if um, that thing didn't happen and they weren't trying to desperately avoid talking about that, they probably don't, doesn't seem like they had a plan to follow up on the show. And I think... Um, the worst parts of the shows was a success, and I wish both um, CML and AAA did the much better job following up on their big events instead of just having a thing happen and then disappearing back into the darkness. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, before we go, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna bring up something that happened like I think five minutes after Dr. Wagner Jr. unmasked, mm-hmm. uh, Conan revealed that Rush and Pirot would be debuting for the crash. And I immediately got excited because I thought Rush and Pirot had left CMLL. I was doing cartwheels, much like Diana La Casadora <laughs> used to. 
I was very happy. And then the Cubs fan had to ruin it for me as he revealed that there was more to the story. And then Rush later ruined it even more by saying he was still part of CMLL. <laughs> and that pretty much ruined my night. Um, Cubs, what do you know about this? What's going on with Rush and Pirro going to the crap? I don't know, maybe even as much as other people on this conversation. But mm-hmm. what I believe is happening is he's just going to be, he's, it's, Basically, the elite deal, but they're working with the crash and they're only doing right. Russian fear off where CML is letting another company use these people, even though they, they're kind of opposition, because CML is getting a big kickback from them and it's, they don't plan on doing it forever. What's going to happen when, if this works or if it doesn't work, and Rush a few months from now decides that maybe you'd rather hang out and crash or crash takes off to the point where they can bring them in full time? Who knows? But even though it's not going to be, it's not going to save us from seeing Russian Perov do half speed and 10% speed matches. It will mean that they won't be around CML as much, and I think that's probably really for the best for everybody. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you with, with that. I, I I am looking forward to less Perov on my CMLL shows. Um, Rob, w- w- do you think there's going to be uh, more Russian Perov in the crash than than we see in CMLL or? Is it still going to be about the same? Well, the rumor is that the crash has a lot more dates planned this year than they did in the okay. first half, the rest of the year. So if if Rush is going to be a regular performer on the crash shows along with his dad, then yeah, they're definitely going to be out of CMLL for a lot more shows than they're, than they're on right now. The thing is, there's going to be issues stemming from this because... I mean, we were only less than two weeks removed from Rush's brother, Mystico, doing an interview with Boxy Lucha, where the tagline of the interview is, nothing was given to the to the Muñoz family. And now we see that, well, clearly they get special treatment because <laughs> there, there have been other wrestlers who have taken bookings on independent shows with crash talent, and then CML has told them, you cannot work there. So they've lost bookings and money, and now Rush is being given a free pass to work there along with his dad. It's definitely curious. And I wonder if at some point Paco's going to say, like, no, this is not good because now the other wrestlers want to get the same treatment. So we got to stop this. And where it goes from there, we'll see. The main thing I'm looking forward to seeing is what Crash does with Pieroth because <laughs> Pieroth is a sack of shit and can't do anything. And Rush is going to want him to be in the same match. They're going to have to say no. And the thing is, behind the scenes, I mean, Nacho is one of the guys who runs... Conan does the booking for the crash, but Nacho is one of the guys who runs the crash. And he's he's buddies with Rush. So he's the main supporter, the guy who wanted him in there. I hope this doesn't... I mean, I'm hoping this doesn't turn into a situation where Nacho's going to want Rush to be used a certain way with his dad, and Conan's going to say no... And then we could have a situation like with Conan Edward AAA where he's being overruled on decisions. And, you know, when Conan starts to be overruled on situations, things fall apart really quickly. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll, see how it, we'll see how it all goes. But for now, it's interesting because I'm really interested in seeing Rush versus Penta. Yeah, and Piero versus um, Arcon Heldivino and those guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the other thing, I, I don't know I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, um, Cholo has stopped promoting in Tijuana, so they've kind of, CML lost their um, their TJ book 
asking for Acapulco. Also, so I, I kind of thought that might have been something else that I'm guessing that's probably something that uh, if we start seeing more CML guys in, in, in the crash, that could be one of the reasons that it happens. I don't know because Cholo's kind of like disappeared on everyone. So I don't know what's going on. It seems it seems like, I don't know. I know Conan wants to get Dragon Lee in, um, in the crash. Uh, I don't are know. You it just, this, it are just you putting seems... this Sorry to cut you off. Are you putting this podcast up like right when we finish? Like right now? We're probably going to do another podcast, so probably not. <laughs> uh, not I was going to say that there's there's a rumor out there that, you know, because part of this is that the crash is doing a free press conference in Mexico City tomorrow yeah, to, introduce, to introduce Rush and Pierrot. And there's actually a rumor that they're, they have another surprise planned for that press conference. So I was going to give that as the scoop if you were going to post it today. But I guess it doesn't matter at this point. I'll look like an idiot if they don't end up doing it. But my whole thing was... They shouldn't do it. it. Why don't you just say it right now so we could like, and then we'll, well just no, edit because, it. Well, because <laughs> it's, not conf- it's not confirmed, but it's supposed to be somebody who wrestled on Triple Mania. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. The, the thing is, I mean, this is classic. Please stop doing this. If Rush is your big acquisition, don't have somebody else show up who could possibly overshadow it. Like you really need, I understand you want to put the screws to AAA and make them look bad a couple days after their big show by getting someone to jump. But if you're introducing Rush as this big signing, who's going to be your big match against Penna, I really hope the press conference tomorrow is just him and just building up a match with him because it's just too much. You don't want to, over, you save it up. You can embarrass AAA another time is my point. Well, you remember how um, AAA, when they debuted Dr. Wagner Jr., it was the same day they debuted uh, Marco Corleone, which that didn't yeah. really do any favors for Marco. I mean, that pretty much killed no. Marco's moment. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, so. Yes. Can't wait to see Roosh. Dylan, and, what were you going to say? Yeah, I can't wait to see Roosh at Bestia del Ring versus the Lucha <laughs> Brothers in the, in the crash uh, coming forward that they announced. Uh, and also a uh, psycho clown jumping to the crash tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I hope. That's what I hope happens. You know, Pierrot. I mean, talk about the guy who doesn't fit in uh, the crash. I can't think of one guy in the crash that is as awful as Pierrot. I mean, I don't know, Microman. You watch a lot of crash. Is there anybody uh, as bad as Pierrot? I'm trying to think. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this, Fredo. While he thinks, is there anyone uh, in IWRG who's as bad as Pierrot? Oh, there probably is. Yeah, there's probably a couple uh, of guys. The Nano's been pretty bad the times I've seen him, but he might actually be more entertaining than him. Um, yeah. They could yeah, have there's... all the Ingrobernables as a team, Pierrot and Rouge and Mascara, and maybe Maximo, if he still counts. Yeah, I'm guessing that's more of what they want, but I mean, I don't know. Conan's, Conan's going to have a headache trying to figure out how to use Pierrot because Rush isn't really attached to his dad. I mean, yeah. that's that's been our issue with watching... Uh, where they don't break them apart or anything. So I guess I should, I should I think, ask... What was that? I said, that's why I think it would be a good idea to have the Ingobernables be a full faction in the crash. That way you yeah. can have these matches and keep him uh, out of the ring as much as possible. I think that would be the best case scenario for you. Yeah, you know, like... Yeah, like have them in some sort of cluster match where it's yeah, just, exactly. like, you know, kind of like what AAA does all the time. Um, yeah, so and, Bill, and while, while that happens, build two Roosh versus Penta at the end of yeah, the year or something perfect. like that. Yeah, because yeah. you could have Daga, one of those guys has to, like, you know, yeah. one of them has to bite the bullet and face Pierrot, you know, like, in the end, that eight-man or whatever. You, know, you tell that guy, hey, you take him on, we'll pay you a little extra. 
so, <laughs> so I guess I should uh, end the show by asking you guys, what do you guys have? Uh, what are you guys looking forward to coming up? Uh, Microman, what do you have looking? What do you have? What do you? What will you be looking forward to to watch as far as lucha or anything wrestling related? You know, I I think I found a name that's as bad as Peru. Oh no! <laughs> and that has been on the crash. Uh oh. And it's Jeff Jarrett. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and Carlito versus um, Rush and Pierrot is coming to your town. I remember someone else who was just as bad, who was in a oh. women's match in Mexico City, and she got injured and left the match early on, but I can't remember her name. So it just slipped <laughs> in my mind. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Sexy Star was in the crash also at one point, so. Yeah, yeah. He's a champion in the crash. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, Pure Roth winning the, the main crash title? That, that's what I want to see. You know, the, the, there's a lot of possibility with Pure Roth if we really want to book some great ideas for um, Conan. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll, we'll, we should all just tweet him some ideas for him to book Pure Roth. As I a hope main he event. listens to me. <laughs> Do what I say. <laughs> keep, him, keep, keep him out of the ring as much as possible because that's yeah. the only way that this turns out okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that's going to happen because uh-huh. He's gonna have to work at some point, and you know the worst thing is September Negro's good not far away, far behind. Because he can work independent shows, so you know the crash. He's gonna be in there. So, yeah. so Michael, man, what what are you looking forward to right now? Like, so what I'm looking forward to, well, that that if there's a chance we get to see anything that the crash shoots for their shows or whatever rumored shows, that'd be great. <laughs> also, it would be great if we could get. Some of those Uchamemes matches. <laughs> no. Or even it, that we were promised before. No, never. Yeah. Hey, did he ever release that Echicero match for March that we paid for? Like, I paid Echicero. for that crap. Yeah, Echicero versus Dr. Cerebro. Yeah, did they ever release that? Yeah, never. he never released that. I was promised that. Is, is Dylan, is that what you're looking forward to? No, because it's never gonna happen. Like, it's, it's it's just like, you know, it's, uh, it's like there's a better chance of elite coming back right now. I feel like they're trusting that promoter, but you know, I I, I just when it comes to what I'm looking forward to in lucha, uh, it's not AAA, <laughs> but I am looking forward to the end of lucha underground because uh, as much as we kind of ba- much as we kind of bagged on it. Uh, I, I think it's hit a pretty good groove of late, and I don't know what the future is for that show, and I don't know how much longer we're going to have it around. So yeah. I am looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the Grand Prix and the, you know, the anniversary. I, I think I, I'm probably, I may be the only person that's not as hard on uh, Diablo Roja and Gran Guerrero. I think they're going to have a good match. So I like that. I'm really excited to see Zuchis get a match, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, actually, yeah. in Mexico. So that would be good. Uh, I well, I feel like I saw a card somewhere. I don't even know if it's going to air, but uh, I saw a card with, like, Echicero. Uh, fa- no, that was a Lucha Men's show, wasn't it? With Co- yeah. Co- <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yeah, never mind on that one. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that stuff will be good. I think there's still... And this show, I, although I kind of gave it a thumbs down, there was still some good on the show, and I definitely agree it was better than the last few years of Triple Mania. But that's, like, you know, that's clearing a very low bar. But even still... Uh, I'm hopeful for the future of Lucha Libre right now. I think there's some good stuff on the horizon, Fredo. And I am looking forward, yeah. most of all, to seeing you 
finally complete, complete Ray Del Ring in IWRG. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing I'm looking forward to. Most. I'm going to try to complete that this week. I'm going to try. I'm right behind you. I'm no right behind you. So. Uh, Rob, I know you have a busy week coming up. So what do you have to look forward to as far as lucha or, or wrestling this, this upcoming couple of days? Well, aside from the obvious, which is AAW on Thursday, Phoenix putting his mask on the line, and then three straight nights of Bola, I do think the Grand Prix is going to be good. So I'm going to watch that when I get home, or maybe even if I find good Wi-Fi. But I am on top of the world, and I'm going to explain to everybody why I'm on top of the world. The match I'm most looking forward to is happening tomorrow at Arena Mexico, and it's the opening match because it's going to be Four CML rookies, and we have reached a time where finally CML is allowing them to do dives and big spots in the openers. So suddenly these shows have gotten interesting, and I'm curious to see if these kids are going to get a chance to show if they're worth anything without any limits placed on them. I'm really looking forward to that match, and as soon as we finish talking, I'm going to, well, first go to the washroom, and second, I'm going to put on Puma versus Hechicero which happened yesterday and sounds like it could be an amazing match. That you were going to watch the Mae Young Classic. Well, yes. That, that, I'm going <laughs> to binge, right? binge watch that at some point, yes. But <laughs> I am definitely going to watch that Puma Chisero match, which occurred at a tiny show that few people were at, but somehow has find it, found its way online, even without Mas Lucha there to film it. It's amazing how that happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw that it's the entire match, too, which was great, also. Yep, yep. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I may watch that, too, bro. Yeah. 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 I, I have to go to the, to the bathroom, too, though, first. So we, we may be on the same wavelength. <laughs> Cubs, what do you have to look forward to? Because I know you have to actually watch a lot more stuff than the rest of us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, the end of Lucha Underground, just because I, I didn't... I was there for the end of that, so I've been waiting like 14 months to see what people reacted <laughs> to some of this stuff. I'm interested also because, um, you know, it's stuff that is 14 months old, so things have changed that will affect how people view those matches, um, especially very recently. So I, I want to see, I, I'm, I'm more interested in the reaction than even seeing them. Um, looking forward to, I don't know, just hopefully getting to watch that the the big CML matches coming up soon because yeah. I think the Grand Prix is going to be pretty fun. And I think Zip Sisters Shuggy will be pretty good. And I think Niebla um, Roll Hopper's Grand Guerrero will be a thing to see. Even if it's not good, it'll be a thing to see. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I guess, uh, do you guys have anything you guys want to plug or are you good with all that? I'm good. Well, well, Dylan, I you, just you, could, say... you could plug whatever you could plug away. Hey Dylan, why don't you just plug everybody's stuff? You, you're uh, good at <laughs> I, no, no, I don't know. I, I listen. I'm off duty as the host tonight, Mister. You can't get, you can't get me to do that. I just wanted to plug that. Uh, speaking of Lucha Underground, we we talk about it a lot. I wanted to relay a story. Uh, I will oh. share right now, because last weekend I was actually at an anime convention, a, a local anime convention. I was I was security there. Uh, I did not go on my own because uh, me dressing up would probably be like a horrible a horrible sight. I would never want my picture. To make it online with that but i saw even at this small anime convention it was at a it was big to me but small to probably like actual convention people it was probably like a few hundred people there um 
even in this obscure part of the country in Tennessee, western Tennessee, uh, I saw someone dressed up in full Pentagon Junior uh, gear. Uh, awesome. It's skele- yeah, skeleton ninja style, not Pentagon Dark, because everyone knows that one's way better than Pentagon Dark. And I wanted to get a picture of, of with me and this guy. Uh, oh, but... he was a guy. <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Huh? There's a girl who does that. She goes to yeah. PWG. Yeah, she goes to Lucha Underground show too. And... Yeah, I- I've seen her, but she's not in Tennessee. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't just talk to girls all the time in the convention, the microman fever. <laughs> but uh, this was my one uh, alternate route. And I wanted to get a picture of this guy, but uh, unfortunately, my phone died by the time I met him. So I-, I could not get a picture. But he was there, and it was fun. So I just wanted to plug that. So Lucha Underground still does have presence after all this time, and I, I'm very invested in where it goes from here. So that sounds good, you know. It was a- we should probably end this now, because we've already gone, like, way past the limit of what we you know if we normally do. I mean, I think it's, like, almost going to be a three-hour podcast. This is, like, Chris Zellner level now. Uh so I, I guess I should three more afraid. You want to go three more hours? I think we're going to have to in a bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, judging from the length of this show, I'm I'm starting to wonder how long our other podcast will be. But um, I want to thank all you guys for doing the podcast. Um, you guys can find out all the information on them. I will post all their Twitter information on the link on the on the post that I put up. You guys can find all that stuff because I'm not going to go through everybody's everybody's. I think I just did it in the beginning, so you guys can. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At Microman Fever, at Rob Viper, at Lucha Blog, at The Real Fredo, and at Dylan Zero Sky. There you go. See, Dylan, you're good at it. You know everybody by memory. So I, I did it. I did it. All yeah. my friends are on this podcast. This is what I wanted for Lucha Talk originally. I wanted yeah. everybody to come on. So it's like my dream coming true this year, <laughs> Fredo, that you that you have done. You are the man. Yeah. That's why that's why you are the Lionel Richie of Lucha Lucha. Yeah, and you know, someday we'll have Dr. Lucha Kurt on this also. So we'll have six people on this. So it'll <laughs> be like a six-hour podcast. It'll be like it'll be like us having to watch Triple Mania all over again with more people on this podcast. So I want to thank everybody for doing the podcast. And I think we will wrap it up now. And I will talk to you guys until next time.